Hello, Legionnaires, and welcome to episode 142 of RPG Digest. In segment one, we read through a tabletop RPG to introduce it to you, and oftentimes to ourselves as well. In segment two, we provide higher level overviews and fundamentals, and the occasional how-to, which is going to happen today, apparently, of systems, settings, and game mechanics. I am John Maxley-Auslow, your favorite curmudgeon, critic, and judge. Along with me, as usual, is your level 12 encounter for the day, Brett. Heathen Dog Grismer, how are you today, sir? Woohoo! Carpet of adhesion. <laughs> you see, you got some more responses about that. No, I didn't see that. Oh, we'll have one that I'll cover today because oh, okay, I see it right there right now. Good. People definitely had thoughts about carpet well, of adhesion. Yeah, it's, it's very polarizing because the power's broken. So, well, yeah, and that was kind of the funny thing in reading the comments. Half the people were like, "Yeah, this is so powerful, man," but the other half people, are, "Oh my god, you noob! You don't know how to handle this." <laughs> like, well, that's the way I read them anyway. But uh, well, yeah, that's that's how that's how broken things work. You know, it's it's very polarizing. It comes down to two camps. Yeah, that's it. So, so uh, yeah, how's your week? Uh, let's see. Without without going into details of yesterday. <laughs> okay, I won't go into details yesterday. But last week was my son's last week of school. He's oh. off for the summer, which means my life got a lot harder. School's out for the summer. Yep, yep. He's only 11, so it's not that awesome. But uh yeah, so my life got a lot harder, a lot less free time now. Because I'm stay-at-home dad and now I got to do it again. Can't every, you throw him outside year. and say go play in the dirt, build a treehouse or something? Well, if we had a tree, we could, oh, you know, <laughs> that would be ideal, you know, and uh now there's so many Karens out there. You have a you have a child walking around the street by himself, the cops get called and it gets weird. It's ridiculous. Man. It is ridiculous. Yes. And Come home when the streetlights turn on. You better be home when the streetlights turn on. That yeah. was the rule. That was the rule. Yeah. Actually, yes. No, yesterday. Day before yesterday. No. Yeah. No. Yesterday was Saturday. Yeah. Saturday during the day, I had him outside and uh, he was walking up and down the street because on Saturday in the afternoon when it's not too hot, people walk their dogs and he loves meeting dogs. Okay. So I had him walking up down the street doing that. And Kara's like, where is he? Where he's out. He's out meeting dogs. But I can't see him. I, that, he can see, I'm sure. He's fine. <laughs> but I can't see him. You got to let that go. You, you have that. You have a stranglehold in that idea that if you don't see him, he doesn't, doesn't exist. He's, he's object permanence. He, he still exists if you can't see him. So, yeah. I mean, I, I struggle, you know, trying not to tell people how to parent. One, because, you know, I don't have kids. And two... I know times have changed, but some of that stuff just to me is ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. There were off-limits places to me. And yes, occasionally my parents would find me at those off-limits places. And then I would be subsequently grounded. But, sure. uh, you know, that that's the whole teaching responsibility thing. Yep, you can be outside. Stay within this area. Don't. The one I remember most is when I was like six years old. Yeah, that long ago. Um, outside the apartment complex that we lived in, uh, there was like a little junkyard. Man, come on. It's a junkyard. <laughs> Kids yeah, are gonna want to play in a junkyard at six years old. That's yeah, that's but like kid... eight, eight, 18 types of tetanus and lockjaw happening. Right. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely right too. I mean, I can remember how it looked like, but you know, again, kids, we want to go there. There's iron and 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 pipes and everything else just to kind of climb around. Things and... that are crushed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, well, it's more of a. I shouldn't call it a junkyard. I think it was more of a dump. Either way, it was you know, it had 
it had strong items that we could monkey bar or parkour, you know, whatever off of, but nope, that was off limits exactly for the reason that you said. Plus, it was past a little forest and over a hill, so even shouting for me would make it difficult for me to hear to come home. Yeah, I got caught there a couple times. <laughs> Other kids went there. I didn't want to be left out. But uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, and that, that apartment was right next to a graveyard, so we'd bike around the graveyard. Oh, a couple of things about this. One, uh, Malachi said, a cop? Karen's go right to CPS. No, not in my area. They just call the cops. And then they the cops have to come because it's a it's a possible, you know, child what, issue. What's so worse? I don't, I don't know. I think calling CPS is worse because that becomes long-term no. bullshit. No, CPS is not worse because oh, wow. you are under no obligation to talk to them in any way and they cannot detain you. You just say, fuck off and close the door. And that's all they can do. And then, and then if the cops come knocking your door, you just don't answer. If they don't have a warrant, they'll sit there until they die or fuck off. But if you see a cop on the street, they can momentarily detain you for like almost any reason. And then, then it gets, then it gets to be trouble. And then uh crafty uh, crafting gamer here says, I uh, can't say I disagree with you, but I don't have enough trust in humanity to not keep an eagle eye on the child. See that that's the problem with CNN. CNN started the 24-hour news cycle countrywide. Before, it was regional. Your news, your main news every day was regional news only. So once every- 5, 5, 30, and 6, and then yeah. 10, 10 and 10, yeah. 30, or whatever 10, it was. 10, yeah. 30 to 11, whatever, you know, 10, 30, 11, 30, something like that. But, uh, and, you know, the, the child kidnapping and child endangerment stories, they would happen once in a blue moon in your, you know, tri-state area or whatever. Yeah, I still remember all the famous ones from Minnesota growing up. Jacob Wetterling was a big one. I don't know if they ever did find him or, or not. That was in the 80s. But yeah, I mean, it was national news if something like that happened. Well, I mean, local, but it, you'd find it in other regions as well. Missing child from whatever. But that was like, what, once every quarter? Yeah, if. if. Yeah, if you, I mean, I'm talking like when you got it, like a New Jersey kid is missing today, you know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, now with the with advent of national news happening all the time, you know, you get it one once every month or two. You get one from California or Oregon or New York or Florida. Or I Texas, think I see whatever. one at least once a and, week on the various news sites. And it makes you think it happens more often than it does. So you get programmed to worry. I'm trying to deprogram myself not to worry. It's like, OK, well, if he dies, then if he gets taken then if that's he dies, like I can make another. Yeah, one in a one in a one in a million chance. And realistically, it's a one in a million chance. So, whatever. And then, uh, but it also Malachi, teaches responsibility as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, so he he can take care of himself. He's not scared of being alone. You know, that's how it works. And Malachi, what about probable cause? CPS they don't work under law enforcement. They probable cause means nothing. And to a cop, somewhat a a, a random tip. Or a tip from someone else is not probable cause to enter your home. It's not. So violence solves everything. Says the issues in many areas of this state, CPS will go get the cops and a warrant as soon as you don't cooperate fully. Okay, th then they can go get it. They have to have reason for that warrant. A judge has to approve it, and then they know, can is, come in. Is Michigan like Minnesota, where all you have to say is "I think he beat me," and the judge is "Oh, warrant." Uh, very pro. You have pro to have there. There are there are specific uh, reasons. Uh, uh, not reasons, but uh, so Michigan still has causes. a sense of sanity. 
yeah, causes for a warrant and you have to meet at least one of them. Now, can they fudge one? Maybe, but that'll come out later. You know, that'll come out. And the whole probable cause thing for a cop to come into your home without a warrant, it's what three specific circumstances. Someone is in danger, either being attacked or dying, you know, heart attack, whatever. They they see something in plain view. If you don't open the door, well, they're not going to do that. They're just not going to see that. Or you give them permission. And if you just there are don't some jurisdictions the- where if you if they are given a call saying, hey, uh, heathen dog is beating his wife. And I think I heard a gunshot. It doesn't matter what about those three. They have probable cause to enter because a threat was identified, even if it wasn't seen, even if it was a lie. They can go in. I, there are a bunch of states. I, that, I don't know what state that is, but in the state of Michigan, that is not well, true. West, West Virginia is one of them, and that's a conservative okay. state. Okay. But uh, in, in the state of Michigan, uh, the, the, the police cannot enter your home saying exigent circumstances from a tip. Yeah, that's, a, that's how swatting happens, though. Like, yeah. Somebody calls in a swatting event, and uh, you get your boor- door broken down, and, and that's just a tip. Yeah. Nor was beating Max. Cops, good. Good. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Dude, I'm trying yeah, to have now, now that we have uh, the armchair lawyers uh, <laughs> section done, <laughs> what about your week? This is not legal advice. This is It is not legal advice. I'm not a lawyer in any way. Um, uh, I could just rinse and repeat whatever I said last week. Uh, this hasn't been too much of a difference. The, I'm finally getting not burned out, but I'm finally getting my fix of satisfactory taken care of. Cause I've, I've really just been doing a lot of that. I know I should be typing. I know I should be working on other things, but I'm like, got to get this factory built. And there's something about those games. I remember it happening with prison architect. I remember happening with uh, factorio and now it's fa- happening with satisfactory where I literally had to take them off my computer. This was back when I was in Germany because I wasn't going to sleep. <laughs> I like those games be like, Oh crap. It's two in the morning. I get up at six. Oh man. I still have to make my, but I, oh, you know, yeah, I absolutely do that. So I've been playing a lot of satisfactory the last couple of weeks, just trying to get my mind off of certain, I, nothing specific, just, just trying to zone out for a little bit. Cause usually I'm running at a hundred miles an hour, you know, thinking about things about work, thinking about my next video, think about the next stream, thinking about, you know, answer discord comments, blah, blah, you know, just all that stuff. So I've kind of zoning out for a couple of weeks and I think my batteries are slowly getting recharged because of it. But uh, yeah, Crafty said, uh, you're not getting a tithe because apparently I got it all on Friday. Yeah, fair. And Twitch is stealing all your money. Yep. Have you have you heard about that? Yes, I have. Yeah. So uh, Heathen Dog doesn't get paid anymore. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so the quality has gone down. That's right. That's, uh, yeah, he said he's only down. got a 15 minute segment today. I'm like, dude, we got it like a two, three hour stream. He's like, nope. <laughs> nope. 15 minute segment. Sorry, buddy. That's what you got today. We'll see. I bet you we get questions. That's your job, chat. Challenge him with questions. If he did cover something that you want him to in segment two, ask those questions. Okay. Uh, my, my response to people padding time is that is a stupid question. Everyone here is dumber for having read it. Kill yourself. Move on. Just for the record, also, Heathen Dog has cursed more in this stream so far than I have. Just say it. Well, I just said <laughs> stupid. No, no, no. Earlier. What I said. <laughs> When we were talking about cops, CPS, you know, kids wandering around, you know, you've cursed twice. I've cursed once. Okay. 
All right. That's great. Yeah. That, that curse jar is filling up. We should have one. <laughs> but then, but if we did, chat would say things that would make us like, ah, oh, F you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. I, what I uh, you weirdos are. Today, we're starting a new book. What's, what's the new book going to be? The new book we're starting today, it's somewhat new. It's a divergent book. We're going to start Gen Lab Alpha. And uh, just going to go over the introduction. That one's probably going to be a really short video. There isn't much to say about the introduction. I'll talk a little bit about how it interfaces with Mutant Year Zero that we covered. And then we're going to talk about your mutant. Now, I already have a video on how to create a character in Mutant Gen Lab Alpha. So we're not going through the step-by-steps. I already have a video on that. But we're going to talk about how it's different than the original, uh, what the different roles are. Remember, there were eight roles last time. Well, guess what? There are only five roles, only four wow. of which I approve of uh, in, <laughs> in Gen Lab Alpha. So there's a lot less diversity here in terms of what your job is, but you may argue possibly more diversity because of different animal types and so forth. I actually yeah, put is... on, on Twitch, I, <laughs> I selected as one of the, you know, you could t- select tags, you know, up to 10 tags for, uh, yeah. you know, I, I selected furry. Why? Because I can. You don't want them around here, man. <laughs> you don't want those furry I people. want got... all of our viewers. Everybody no, who wants to. No, no, Furries are damn degenerates. <laughs> you know, I talked, to, we talked about degeneracy on, on uh, Friday a, a little bit and, uh, I made people feel ways about thing apparently privately because I got a, a few private messages. The most notable one, believe it or not, the most notable one. Two people said this. It's like, do you really pay attention to how people dress and how they look on a YouTube video? Dude, yeah. it's called presentation. Yeah. Like, absolutely. If you're a fat naked guy, I don't care that you sell a game. I'm not going to watch your video. No. <laughs> Like, like, yeah, I do. And, and and let's be honest. I may watch your video because I know you. However, comma, uh, Heathen Dog and I have had these discussions a lot in the past. Audio will, ca- you know, bad audio will cause people to turn away before bad video. But it is a video medium. So yeah, if you look horrible on there, if you have completely bad lighting where I can only see your eyeballs, or if uh, if you flies are buzzing around you because you stink so badly or something like, yeah, absolutely. That does matter. If you think it doesn't, you're deluding yourself. Oh, gamers don't care. Oh, normal people don't care. Um, let's look at uh, channel sizes on people who present themselves somewhat professionally versus people who like, so I'm reviewing the games today. You know, like there's a, there is a big difference. So, yes, presentation and anybody anybody who says otherwise is just flat out wrong. Now, maybe your five people don't care, or hell, maybe our eight people here, we've dropped, uh, don't care. But, uh, you know, all told, if I want a channel size that's going to eventually one day maybe hit 50,000, we have to care about things like presentation. When you present yourself in front of people, it's called charisma. It's called uh, presence. It's called other terms for it as well, but it's all about the ability to communicate and it is a visual communication medium. So yes, presentation matters. Any no. arguments with that? No. No. All right. Um, yeah, I guess you've said what you're going to be covering today and I've said what I'm going to be covering today. So I think we hit the proclivities and then start talking about books. What do you think? Go for it. So... Right. Well, I thank all you wonderful people who support us monetarily. 
And today it's all about me because, you know, Crafty can't support Heathen Dog. Thank you for all your money and watching Heathen Dog become poorer and poorer as the days go on. And his kid's at home, so he can't even bribe his kid with money because you didn't give it to him. That's right. <laughs> Here, have a lollipop. Oh, I can't afford it. Uh, your gracious donations help us provide giveaways, produce more content. I promise there's more content coming later on in the year and generally give back to Legion Myth community as a whole. And we have over 4,300 YouTube subscribers. Oh no, I lost two subscribers yesterday. And we're thankful for each and every one of you. Check the description below for the links to the various Legion Myth sites, social media, Discord, merchandise, etc. Yeah, Perfect Tangent says, I tend not to like people who smell. Man, I got a couple of those at work. And it's like, uh, last time we went to Gen Con, was it you? No, it wasn't you. Maybe it was you. I think the last like time you went to Gen Con, I was there. Yeah, well, well, I remember I was with somebody. It's either you or Rooks. And this person was like, dude, who the fuck is the person in front of him? Oh, now we're tied. Uh, that can't t uh, take a bath or something like that. And I'm like, we're all taking shallow breaths. Like, seriously, do you have no self-awareness? What is wrong with you? Like, gamer, I'm telling you, gamers are a nasty lot. And See, uh, Garthon and I had an idea, and I, I looked through it, we, and I could not get a permit to do this. A permit? But, yeah, seriously. Uh, we, would, we would rent uh, an RV, get our own water supply, park, park in front of the convention center, and sell showers. Yeah, but they wouldn't do it. They, they're, they're shower adverse. No, no, no. Just, hey, you know what? Five bucks, ten bucks. I, we'd have to price the market. Go ahead and take a take a you know ten minute shower, and then move on. They, well, they wear the same pair of clothes. Pair of clothes. They say yeah. wear the same outfit the entire four At days. The I've very seen. At least you're gonna your your skin is gonna smell better. Your 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 clothing. I can't do anything for you, but you know cheap cologne. Spray some of that on. That's better than nothing. <laughs> Fuck out. It's, it's a it's a free shower and spritz. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Free shower and spritz. They wouldn't pay. Well. It's pay before you shower. I mean, obviously, you know, money going in. Hey, you know what? I, I'd even you'd, he'll have a free one. You need it. <laughs> nope, nope. Never give anything away for free. I, I understand, but it's still, well, I guess if you're never going in, it doesn't matter. But, uh, you know, if you're going to be in there at some point. Ugh. Yeah, I, I don't get that. I, 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 you know. Yeah, I just don't get it. I, I don't get the whole concept that uh, you're not self-aware enough to to be clean. But whatever. Yeah, but if, people... only, if only 5% of the people who go to the convention use the service, we're coming out making tens of thousands oh. of dollars. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's a good okay, Yeah, Perfect Tangent says you're fighting against people who choose between soap or dice or their next booster. Yeah, right, right. But also, peer pressure could help us out. Hey, there's a shower facility right outside. Here's 10 bucks. Go use it. Look, you I, I fuck. not trying to drag this out too much, but I work with a guy who has gone so far has been told that he has to stand in a stairwell and, and pass a sniff test before he's allowed to come to work. He still can't figure out that he needs to take a shower every morning. Apparently, that, that apparently happened a couple of years ago. He's worked there for quite a long time. How do He's, you keep your job like that? Because he works for the government, dude. You can't apparently you can't fire somebody for body odor shaming or something. I don't know. Or either that it's or you're not know, shaming. It's just a noticing. It's not even noticing. Dude, there are times it's uh I think somebody told me that he takes his bath or shower on Wednesdays. Okay, you got that. Um 
around Monday or Tuesday, I know where he is in the building. I'm not joking. I know where he is. Like, I'll go to, and I'll walk the other way. He's like, he's in one of those offices down there. I'm not, I'm not going that way. It's, it's horrible. But nobody does anything about it. It's like people are afraid to be like, you stink. Or apparently, again, they've told him, but after years of being told and having various things told to him that he has to do this, he has to do that, he still doesn't do it. And the dude's older than me. Like, how do you, how do you correct that? You can't. Like, what kind of peer pressure is going to get him to change? There's got to be a way to fire him. I mean, there has to be. There has to be. He can't be that good at his job. I don't know the programmers and you know, all programmers are crazy autistic and I'm pretty sure he's up on that list. Well, yeah, but still, I mean, if you want to, you want to work in society, you have to follow certain conventions. One of them is wash yourself. I don't know. I've talked to millennials who nowadays think that uh, we're destroying the planet by washing. So they openly say, I don't shower or I take a sand shower. I first learned about that in Germany. See, I love it when when idiots and morons just tell on themselves. I love it. You know, before I had to, I you know, I could see from far away. You've got blue hair. You've got face piercings. You have visible tattoos. You're telling on yourself. You're, All you're, acceptable you're someone, behavior now. You're someone who can't be trusted, and I don't want anything to do with you. Stay away from me and mine. <laughs> but But some of them are camouflaged, but then they open their mouth like they're vegan. They can't help but open their mouth and say they're vegan. And then people are like, oh, no, I don't take showers. I take sand showers. Like, okay, you need to leave my presence. Get the, f- get out. In, in modern society, and I mean this all seriousness, while the people around you may agree with you, you'll still be the bad guy. That don't and, and you'll be the one that gets in trouble. I'm completely okay with being the bad guy on this one. I'm fine. Well, I'd be okay being the bad guy. But, but again, I would be the one getting fired for being uh, offensive or or not giving somebody dignity or some bullshit like that. Oh, there's three. Damn it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that's the unfortunate situation. This is why we have to bring back shame. And I don't mean to turn this into a Friday Night Chill stream, but this is why we have to bring back shame and stigma. Because this stuff is becoming more and more acceptable. I'm sure it was always out there. But it's it's not only tolerated where somebody's like, dude, he stank, but we keep him away from us. No. He gets to sit on the floor with everybody. And he's not the only one. He's just the worst. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, I got spoken to in the Army for telling somebody I needed some gum. Yeah, well, so, uh, when, I was in, when I was in the, uh, you lack tact for the word. When I, when I was in the Air Force, we called Biohazard. Myself, another airman. I just talked to my supervisor a couple months ago who was involved in that mess. We called Biohazard on a guy. We got a little bit of trouble in terms of we got yelled at, but it started to correct the problem. There you go. <laughs> you know, uh, how, no matter how horrible, in the old movies where, where the old army movies where they're, they're in boot camp and, and someone isn't towing the line and they, they, get, they get beat with soap and socks or whatever. Yeah, that's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. It's also effective. It's also necessary. Yeah. Because everyone is getting screwed because a one person is yep. not pulling their weight. You either need to go or pull your weight. Those are the only two options. But that's conformity. You can't make me yes. conform. Yes, it is conformity to a standard <laughs> of of excellence. You have the standard to is oppressive. Medical. No, it's not oppressive. It's keeping people alive. Again, no, forget it. Forget uh, no, it. I'm, but no, I'm, uh, you know no, I agree no. with you. You know I, know, I agree I know, with you. I know, but it's it's that's a whole can of worms that's yeah. deep. So let's move on. Uh, 
Hey, great introduction to this video for the people who, the members, or the people watching live, but the members who get to watch this later, see if they comment on this. But, there you go. in the meantime, uh-oh. Alright, for segment one today, starting a newish game. It's going to be very similar to the last game. So, when we talked about Mutant Year Zero before, said that there currently there are four parts to the game. There's Mutant Year Zero, which is kind of the core game. On top of that, there's Mutant Gen Lab Alpha, which, as you can see by the picture there, mutant animals. There's Mutant Mechatron, which is robots, and Mutant Elysium, which are, we'll call them, non-mutated humans. Apparently, there's going to be a fifth one coming out at some point here, which is going to talk about one of the enclaves in space. So is that going to be cybernetics? That can be clones? That can be space aliens? Who knows? We don't know. But all of these games work together. Mutant Year Zero, the game that we covered last week, or the last few weeks, that's the core game. Now we're going to go into what I call the prequels. Because these stories for Mutant Gen Lab Alpha, Mechatron, Elysium, they're all locked in their own little self-contained universe. But once they get out of that, then they're part of what we talked about previously. Hopefully that makes sense to everybody. And yeah, I guess we'll just go into the game uh, after that. But let me first run boop, the core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation entertainment over activism and natural organic inclusion not forced diversity please follow that qr code or refer to the description below for the link to the charity we support which is the wounded warrior project thursdays and saturdays you can watch the dirty casuals on twitch.tv slash legion of myth fridays and sundays you can watch the friday night show stream and rpg digest on our youtube and rumble channels Please leave us a comment with your thoughts and experiences, and if you like our gaming content, please be sure to subscribe to Legion of Myth. Gotta keep forgetting about that. Subscribe! So subscribe! Valley, huh? uh, yes. Where the, where the grass is green and the raccoons are pretty? <laughs> I hate anthropomorphic animals. I'm not gonna like this game. <laughs> Well, uh, there, there are some aspects of the game that are lacking, in my opinion, and some that are absolutely fantastic. One of my favorite things about the game, we're not going to cover this week, we're going to cover in a couple weeks, um, is, you know how we talked about the arc for Mutant Year Zero, yep. where you build a... Well, this doesn't have an arc. You're already in perfection. You don't need to build a home to protect yourself from the outside, right? Sure. So, but there's something else going on, and it's done quite well. I, I really like how it is done. We'll talk more about it then, but it's just another facet where the players control something that you might think should be outside the control of the players. Like, if there's an elder, if there are bosses, why are they building the arc? Because you're the players. You're kind of the de facto heroes of the story, so to speak. It's same thing here. So, anywho, let's talk about what's going on in Paradise Valley and what separates this game from Mutant Year Zero. And we can see the cover there where we have our, uh, was that a bear, mouse, fox? Uh, yeah, fox a and a raccoon. Oh, badger. Bear. Yeah, that's yeah, a badger, a bear, yep. and a fox. Yep. Um, I'm not sure I'd want to play a mouse that small. I, you know, there are no bio points in this one, like after the bomb. Oh, and per what Heathen Dog just said a moment ago, I'm the opposite. I absolutely love anthropomorphic animal games. I don't know. There's just something. Like, I look at this and I see that as intimidating. Like, look, uh, big teeth like that that want to come from my neck. Yeah, that, that's that's scary. I don't find oh, dudes yeah. that, wear, that wear underwear on the outside of their pants and spandex to be scary. But your mileage may vary. Now, they alienated half the, off, uh, or the audience. But, but you know, but a regular bear is just as scary. A talking bear has to die immediately. <laughs> hey boo boo 
Okay, die. <laughs> there you, okay. And here's a quick map of Paradise Valley, which, by the way, oh, no, I can't do it because I did it the other way. But I'll, uh, I have a map uh, ready to go that we'll look at this a little bit more. And it kind of shows where the different animals live. We're not ready for that yet. God, they're segregated too? Yep. Jesus, racist. If there's, uh, if there's one weakness to this game, do you remember when we played uh, Battlelords the 23rd Century? And we looked and said, you know, the way the races are set up in terms of, uh, like, why would you ever have a Fentari in the same group as an Eridani? Yep. Or why would you ever have a Ram in the same group as a Sizerac? Yeah, doesn't make sense. Having, having a diverse group of five or more people is, by the book, should be impossible. Yeah, it, it, yeah, definitely problematic at best to use the P word. This isn't as bad, but it kind of suffers from that as well. Now, this book is going to turn that into saying, no, 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 this is a good thing. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Okay. Actually, we'll talk about that in the next video, I think. So anyway, uh, going through here, we're going to talk about Prisoners in Paradise. Uh-oh, spilling the beans right there. And we're going to talk about your animal today. We're going to dive a little bit into skills, but only to talk about the ones that are different. Remember... I'm not going to cover the things in this game that were already covered in depth in Mutant Year Zero. We'll touch on the differences, though. And then next week are talents and animal powers. We're going to skip conflict and trauma at all, because guess what? Combat's the same thing. Otherwise, the games couldn't integrate. And then we're going to finish up the series on Paradise Valley. This one's going to be a long one, because there's a lot to it. Like uh, This isn't stuff where I can skip a lot. But this is all, if you notice the color, blue down here, Red up here, if you can see the mouse moving. This is all player information. And of course, like the last book, here's Game Master information. So everybody knows the end of the story. Yeah, so many, so many people commented like, well, I never do it. I never. Well, that's, you want to, what do you want, a cookie? You want a medal? You're, you're, you're one of the 5% of, of players that won't skip to the Game Master section if they can. Good job, I guess. But uh, it, it doesn't help, you know, 95% of the other people who are going to do that. So Perfect Tangent says, way too green for there. No, it's not. No, no, no. And, uh, he's talking about Phoenix. Oh, Paradise for... Valley does exist apparently in Phoenix as a place. Oh, okay. But, I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. But uh, this this wouldn't be there because Phoenix wouldn't house that biome. So this exi Paradise Valley exists for a reason. Remember, there was a post-apocalypse. Well, there's a war. There's yeah. apocalypse. Now we're in the post-apocalypse setting. Humans decided to leave and say, we need to find sanctuary spaces away from the rot. Well, guess what? It doesn't exist in Paradise Valley. The rot. The rot. So it is perfection, but why is it perfection? How is it perfection? And um, where are the humans? So we're going to read the this. The animals killed them all, obviously. The animals killed them. Obviously. I mean, animal anthropomorphic animals can't be trusted. Well, unfortunately, there's a different reason as to why there's no humans here, but because uh, the, the animals have their own problems and it's not with humans. You live in paradise. Your home is a vast valley surrounded by mountains so high the peaks are covered with snow all year round. Hint, you cannot cross the mountains. Down in the valley, there are wild moors, lush forests filled with game and cold streams where fish spawn in the spring. And you are never alone. Your tribe is never far away tribe is your safe haven your home but paradise is a prison sure. walls and fences buzzing with lethal current block all path out of the valley every attempt to tear the fences down or climb them is punished harshly by the watchers which are robots okay your jailers nightmare machines drones in the sky monitor every step you take watchers march into your tribe without warning and force you to obey their metallic commands 
Sometimes they abduct members of your tribe and take them to the subterranean labyrinth. When the victims come back, they are forever scarred by the watchers' grotesque experiments, memories and personalities erased, if they come back at all. Okay. At, at first, I was like, okay, existential crisis. We can't leave the Garden of Eden. Oh, darn. You can look on the other side of the fence and realize you don't want to. But now there's the there's the random snatching, the the Morlocks and the Eloy or whatever. Yeah, this is all <laughs> happening. Okay, fine. I get it now. All right. Well, all right. And since I'm not going to cover the creatures because I don't like to spoil creature stats, it's easy. Again, you could get the book and just read them all, but I, I don't like doing that. The abominations, I think that's exactly what they're called, too. They think of them as cybernetic mutant animals, and they are not the same. You are snatched in the middle of the night, sure. taken, given implants, and sure. you basically now are uh, a Borg, for okay. the lack of a better term. So it is not something like, oh, I'm going in for an upgrade. <laughs> oh, no, you're not. You're going in for a lobotomy and becoming half machine. So despite never having tasted freedom, the dream of roaming free burns within you. You are not created to live like this. You know it. You feel it in every fiber of your body. Someday you will be free. Someday. For generations, your tribe elders have advocated submission and cooperation. Doing what the watchers say and participating in their experience is the only way to prove yourself worthy of freedom. That, that sounds like propaganda nonsense right there well it was propaganda well it was true at first because the humans so humans did this i That's imagine it. yeah yeah but and then the humans had the robots in place to watch because they wanted to watch that's why they're called watchers sure. they wanted to watch what was going on without affecting anything by being there but where have the humans gone are there humans? I mean, we know outside the humans aren't there anymore. So uh, now the animals, on the other hand, are like, no, no, no. If you're taken in, you get to go meet the humans. They're going to hook you up. <laughs> no. Um, so there, there is this, I don't want to call it false hope because at one time it wasn't false hope. It's false hope now, but it wasn't then, if that makes sense. So they're kind of doing this out of rote instinct, for the lack of a better term. To finally join the humans, your creators who left you and are waiting out there. You've heard this since you were little cubs. But some of you are fed up with the sick games the Watchers play. You would rather fight, track down your machine jailers and confront them. Destroy them and take your freedom by force. You call your struggle for freedom the Resistance. And that is the out of character aspect of this game. You are the Resistance. But who is really on your side? Who is secretly serving the Watchers as informants and collaborators? The day of reckoning is coming. The resistance grows and so does the oppression of the Watchers. Soon, no animal in Paradise Valley will be untouched by the conflict. Will you win your freedom? Will be crushed by the mysterious enemies in Gen Lab Alpha. Like Eden for Mutineer Zero, Gen Lab Alpha is that, we'll call it mythical place. That place of unknown you believe to exist. That uh, where you respond, where the humans came from. Is it's, it really, it's really amazing that uh, uh, in in Gen Lab Alpha, Paradise Valley is is a is a prison that they're tortured and horrible. But in 
in the in the last book, this this would be Eden. Even with all of the crap, it still would be Eden. Uh, yep. No, no one, no one's rotting from the inside from from horrible tumors that there that there's no no. Okay, uh, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll go. Oh, every once in a while, someone gets snatched. Eh, whatever. Yeah, we, we used to lose of- literally people every day. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> what ro- robots want to you know kill all humans? Yeah, we got it. <laughs> it's better than the landscape trying to kill all humans. Yeah, yeah the water, the air, the food. Okay. So we're going to skip a lot of this because, again, it was covered in Mutant Year Zero. So, of course, you're going to be player characters. talks about the Game Masters. The Nine Tribes, the book describes a unique gaming environment and complete campaign, Escape from Paradise. Remember, I said before, this is like the prelude to Mutant Year Zero. The way I would, if I had a full year, might even need more than that, but a full year to run every week, I would start with... I, what, it doesn't matter which one, but since we're covering this, let's say Gen Lab Alpha. I would start with Gen Lab Alpha. Then we'd put those characters aside, and I would then play Mutant Mechatron through the story campaign. Then I'd put those characters aside, and I'd do Mutant Elysium. And then when all the characters have succeeded, hopefully you succeed, then you're out in the zone. Now, do you want to play a character from Mutant Year Zero? you want to continue playing one of your characters from the, the other games? Heathen Dog would probably take his Mutant Elysium character. Because that's a pure blood human. Oh, definitely, uh, yes. Uh, I would take a robot for Mechatron because that's actually my favorite one. Uh, or maybe a, a mutant animal from here. But uh, the, I call these preludes. So if you're going to run the, the game and you want to incorporate the robots, the, the pure humans, the animals, play that first because there are no humans here. You can do what you want at your own table, blah, 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 whatever. But there are no humans here. There are no robots here that are player characters. These are a different type of robot. So, uh, here it's called Escape from Paradise. You'll probably have to change it, because once the players look at the book, they're going to know what the secrets are. But, you know, you could treat it like Eden Dog said with, uh, with Eden. It might not exist. Maybe you're there to create your own Eden. Maybe here, you need to find out what, you know, uh, you're here to create your own, I don't want to call it Gen Lab because you don't care. You're already mutated, right? Well, no, I mean, th- think about it this way. Gen Lab Alpha could be Mutant Year Zero's Eden. And when when they actually find it, the watchers go, oh, it's humans. Look, we have it for you. Okay, stand down. Operation's over. And then they open the gates. Go in, humans. We, we even have uh, animal servants for you. Of course, me, I would murder them all because, you know, they're all devils. But uh, still, we have we now have Paradise Valley. It's great absolutely plausible something you could do yes yeah and 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 just to be completely honest i've thought about that if with mixing the two you know uh uh, where's this uh okay so mutant gen lab alpha does not begin in the zone remember the zone is the map from mutant year zero like mutant year zero instead it starts in paradise valley it's a vast beautiful valley high up in tall mo- in a tall mountain range. The mutated animals in Paradise Valley are divided into nine tribes, we'll talk about that in a moment, based on which family of animal they belong to. And monster in Paradise, you are not the only mutated creatures in Paradise Valley. There are other beasts roaming in the shadow of the mountains, grotesque monsters of abnormal proportions, hungering for your flesh. You know, some experiments go awry. Hey, you know what? It's It's the equivalent of a grizzly bear, all right? I mean... Get, get right down to it you don't you're you have anthropomorphic animals they have their they have the powers of animals and humans well you you can't just 
throw a bear in there and say the bear's the predator. No, the bear's not a predator anymore. You have to have super bear. You have to have cocaine bear. And then that's a predator. And that's what we're looking at. <laughs> I'll show you a picture of one. I, I, I may, well, remind me, I'll show you in a picture of an abomination later. Okay. Uh, many of your fellow tribe members have served as food for the monsters. Oops. That's what happens, man. I mean, they are animals, right? <laughs> yeah, you're in the wilderness. I, I, that's why I don't go into the woods if I can help it, because I know the, the environment just wants to kill me. You do, not, you do not know where these beasts come from. Perhaps the Watchers created them to torment you. Perhaps they've always been there. And no matter how many monsters you kill, there always seems to be more. And the GM can read more about that later. Escape from Paradise. The ultimate goal is to escape from Paradise, because you are locked. And there are pressures that the Game Master will put on Paradise Valley itself, external pressures and internal pressures that will ultimately make it that you're going to want a GTFO. Yeah, until you actually do get out there and you look around and go, huh, <laughs> oh, I left the oven on <laughs> and then go back. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I don't want to read that. What do you do? Rules. We got that. Uh, fight for resistance. Again, we'll talk about the resistance in a couple of weeks. Protect your habitat. Now, that is important. Because like the, um, what do they call them? Um, what do they call the Mutineer Zero? For the ARC, uh, the technology levels. I, I already forgot what they're called. Domain points or whatever. Yeah. There is something similar for... Oh, see if i can show this on the screen something similar for oh that's gonna be too small to see. yeah there's, there's no way to that's, see that yeah it's a big spreadsheet don't worry it's not that intimidating all it says is who's how many people are remaining who's in power you know because ultimately you want to support your tribe you also want to get everybody out are all the mutants together no are they all at odds immediately does every cat hate every dog not necessarily but they do lean towards their animal instincts and we'll talk about that in a little bit uh to explore paradise valley there are places to explore absolutely fight for control for your tribe and this is where things get weird for me in this game this is what i was talking about before uh with regard to do you want to play a character do you want a squirrel a cat a lizard a dog and a moose all in the same party or do you all want to play moose nieces um that's going to be up to you that's going to be up to your game master uh, there's benefit to both, but there's going to be a struggle playing a diverse cast. There's also going to be some, I, I get it. Somebody's going to be like, cat, get out of there. Go. And yeah, that's also, exactly why you never have a cat in your campaign. <laughs> um, if everybody, so if everybody is a cat, I could say some people being like, this is boring. We're all just cats. You mix and match it how you want. Personally, if I were to run it, I would allow a diverse cast, but I would remind them that I'm not going to do one-on-one -on -one adventures with you guys because, you know, you went back to Mouse Home and you went back to Moose Home and, and so forth. So, you know, but your table, you run it how you want. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's an intimidating group of badgers except for this guy. Here, he's not intimidating to me. It's the animal version of the little rascals. I think it is, yeah. That's not intimidating at all. Uh, tools of the game, like before, same type of character sheet. It has a couple minor changes, just minor because of animal powers. Dice, Gen Lab card deck. If you watch the Mutant Year Zero thing, I do have the Gen Lab card deck. I didn't pull it out. I, you know, again, if you saw it during Mutant Year Zero, you saw it. 
team versus individual play this is where it does talk about hey uh the tribes of paradise valley are divided by animal types and live in separate habitats if the players want characters of different species zoom that in so you can read it it's probably but not necessarily means that they have their own homes in different habitats which look you can make an excuse for anything well doesn't it just make sense that we all live out with the moose yes and no i mean again i'll t uh, for me i would say no but again your table you do you you do what's best for for your group this is where i have the problem because no if you're a cat you're meant to be with the cats if you're a squirrel you're meant to be with the rats if you're you know you're meant to be there lizards don't do the same stuff as bears and instinct is a big deal in this game and we'll talk about that in a bit too the disadvantage of this style of ga uh, gaming is that it feels disjointed yes uh, to me that's a big disadvantage i don't know uh, how you feel about that heathen dog but for me that that's a big disadvantage it can be overcome but i don't like it it's basically saying the parties split all the time uh okay anyway you don't have to play at the cards we know that already again if you watched mutant year zero team play Player characters are the same kind of animal, then you'll naturally live in the same habitat and can group and can be a group of friends who stick together. That makes the most sense, but I hear people saying constantly that's boring. And here's a bunch of mice. Play exiles, animals that have left habitats. There are animals, there are animal mutants in the valley who no longer live with their tribes. They may be tainted, not a good thing. They may have been banished after a power struggle or may have chosen to leave their tribe voluntarily. The problem I have with this is the social interaction rules. You're going to lose. Oh no, the rules... No. If you're doing... If you're truly in exile, you're going to lose. What happens when the wolf is kicked out of its pack? The wolf dies. So... I, I have... No, you're just being too hardcore about that. Yeah, because the word exile means something. So can you do it? Yes. And can you plan the resistance? Absolutely. I'm just saying that you're kind of playing the game in hard mode then. And if your game master doesn't relate that, I would say that's a piss poor game master. It doesn't mean you're automatically dead or you can't succeed at all, but you should be playing the game in what's effectively hard mode at this point. Uh, participate in the resistance together? Yes, I mandate that. Heathen Dog isn't going to do one aspect of the resistance where Garthon does another aspect. No, you're keeping your group together. Why Why are you all at the table together if you're not playing the game together? Right. Males and females, we don't care. Um, I don't know. By the way, this this uh, PDF is a second printing. My book is the first printing. I'm not aware of there being uh, differences. Uh, Role-playing, what is that? Doesn't matter. Okay. That's really it for the introduction. Next, we're going to talk about your animal. Now, I'm not going to go through pure character creation. Why? Because, as I said, and it's in the description already, I have a character creation video on how to make... I make a squirrel. Fanny 05. Well, what kind of dumb name is that? Well, you're going to find out in the next video why, why the name is like that. But, uh, so, but we are going to talk about the, the generic steps and what is different in Mutant Gen Lab Alpha with regard to Mutant Year Zero, the previous series. So. All right, what do we have for questions, comments, concerns? All right, uh, there hasn't been a whole lot. Okay. Uh, we have here, 
Coco Shuko says Exiles got a group together like a band of misfits. That is one way to go. Yeah. But the problem is, you know, you know, all of you to collectively now have no home. And, right. Uh, yeah. And, and and who and who do you impress? Who do you intimidate? Like you were kicked out, dude. Nobody's going to listen to you. Nobody yeah. might be a bit absolutist, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I get it. Uh, Perfect Tangent says, I think the exile thing is just a story beat that explains why a moose lives near with near the mice. Now, that is that is something else. Uh, if if a larger animal is exiled and decides to live in a, in a habitat of generally smaller animals, that's a better overall chance of survival for the exile. So I could get that. I could get it. The, the moose are an interesting case when it comes to uh, where the habitats are, uh, because the other ones have like a defined area. The moose basically just live outside. <laughs> if you want to think of it that way. And again, we're going to cut. Co we'll cover that uh, next uh, next okay. video. OK. And that that's about it. That's it. All right. Well, again, this was just an introduction. Just want to kind of go through the beginning. If you think I skipped too many things from Mutant Year Zero, because you're like, I don't want to watch Mutant Year Zero stuff. Well. Again, it's all generic game stuff, and really, I do cover it in much more detail there. Mutant Year Zero is the core game, and yes, this is standalone. If you just said, you know what, I don't want Mutant Year Zero, I'm only fucking pick it up. I am only going to play this. I am only going to play this. This is, you can do it. This is a standalone game. If you want it to be, now, what would you do after Escaping Paradise? Maybe you don't escape paradise. Maybe you make GenLab beta. I don't know. I mean, I, oh, no, I, I no. you you take control of all the watchers. Okay, but then that's kind of an end game. Like, what do you do after that? You live happily ever after, bitch. That's that's what you do. So why do you show up next week to play the game? <laughs> because now to make your society actually perfect, you have to rid yourself of all that animal DNA, and the watchers can help you. Okay, I mean, no. I mean, you can find a reason, but the yeah. the, the the point is is uh, after a, after you escape or take over or all die off, I don't know. It's kind of end game at that point if you don't branch out into the zone, or you could just do your own thing. Maybe you find a spaceship and you decide to play, I don't know, Star Mutant Gen Lab Star Trek. I don't know, but you could do anything. Your imagination can go wherever you want it to. But the point is is that these do lead into Mutant Year Zero. So that was the wrong button. I wanted to click that. But too late now. That's never going to see the video now. Nope. <laughs> okay, for the second part, we're going to talk about your animal. Now, this is not going to be a step-by-step -step character creation process. Go ahead and look in the description below where I actually do have a video, a curated video, so you don't have to worry about side conversation and tangents. That's right. There's a curated video on how to create a character, step-by-step, -step, every aspect of it. So, But what we're going to talk about here is generally how to create a character and what's, uh, what's some of the things in this game Different things. Like before we had mutant humans, well now we have mutant animals. What's different about a mutant human and a mutant animal? And we're going to cover those in just a moment. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, 
a national nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash legionofmyth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time, or check out the Friday Night Show stream where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness. All right, real quickly, I do want to show that I uh, have the map and we can kind of zoom in on it more because we're going to talk about uh, the animals a little bit in this one. And you can we see... You even have a ski lift? Jesus, man. Yep. This place got everything. It does. <laughs> All your amenities. Now, you can't get past this mountain range. Can't. And I say it like that because, you know, players always complain about, oh, I should be able to blah, blah, blah. If I'm... Look, there is a border around this for a reason. You're not going to get around. The drones will stop you. The watchers will stop you. The fence will stop you. By the way, if I remember correctly, there isn't just one fence either. This is like a double fence, if I remember correctly. So even if you get to one fence, then the next one, you know, zaps you. So that's if I'm remembering correctly. It's been a while since I read that. But you can see the bunnies are over here. Got your badgers over here. Uh, I don't think you see moose on here anywhere. Yeah, you got monkeys in the middle. There's nobody like, see, that's what I'd wipe out. I'd, lizards up here, in the swampland. But uh, all right, is that really, really important? Oh, no, badgers are there. Then what's this? Oh, these are bears. Never mind. Bears there, badgers there. Um, does it really matter? No, but it gives you an idea of, of, of the nine tribes. I keep calling them factions or tribes. Okay, so let's F11 this bad boy, and let's, let's talk about your animal. Now, again, character creation process is the same as Mutineer Zero. So we're going to skip most of that. We are going to talk about animal type and tribe, though, because this starts to play in a little differently. Do you remember... Let's see if Heathen Dog paid attention. No, I, I'm not going to put him on the spot like that. In, in Mutant Year Zero, when you made your character, your role determined what uh, you could have as, a, was it your key attribute? Yeah. So if you were an enforcer, it was strength. That means your strength could be a five. What you're going to find out here is your animal and your role now determine that. So hmm. you can have two fives. Nice. Or a six. Animal types. Anybody who's played Mutant Year Zero, Road to Eden, is going to notice that the two main characters are not on this list. <laughs> it's like, what? If you remember, the two main characters are a duck because something about Swedish people like ducks in their games. <laughs> and the other one was a boar. There's no boar here. But let's say Heathen Dog's like, I don't want to be a mutt. I want to be something cool. I want to be a wolf. Well, that's fine. You don't have to be a, a, a pure just, you know, you don't have to be a Chihuahua. You can be a wolf. Cats include basically all types of cats. House cats or wild cats. Rats include rat, mouse, and squirrel. And if you do watch the character creation video, oops, if you do watch the character creation video, you will see that I made a squirrel. 
And here's the key attribute, instinct agility. So like before, that means that agility for a squirrel can be a five instead of a two through a four. And if you're wondering, well, what does that mean in the context of the game? Again, watch the skill section in the Mutant Year Zero videos. But uh, without going through all the animals here, you see how they are. The moose down here can be a moose, a deer, a reindeer. So for whatever reason you want to play Bambi, you can. What's the advantage of them? Strength. Although most people I've seen, they make characters go right to the bear. Oh, ape will work too. Gorilla, that's pretty strong. Uh, oh, well, it's, uh, yeah, but they get wits. Because, mm. you know, they're smart. They're primates. They're us. Well. They're all monkeys. I don't care what anybody says. It should say monkey. Wipe them out. All of them. Wow, you really hate monkeys, don't you? I do. I, I don't know what it is. I don't even know why. Like, when that lady had her face ripped off by a monkey, I laughed. That chick from Connecticut. I was like, that's right. That's what you get. Leave monkeys alone out there um so here here the uh the, here's the process pick your animal type your role name appearance now choose your name notice it didn't say it doesn't say decide on a name it says choose your name there, there's a i don't know if it's intentional but there is a little point to that naming in this game isn't as free form as you might like you're not going to be bob the bear because oh it's right there names right here you have a lab name. Now, could you still do I go by Bob? Sure, you can. But you have a real name. Your choice of animal type may affect your name. No, it does affect your name. I don't know why. It says May there because they get... I don't think it says May in the first book. In ancient times, the humans named you after famous people in the old world. Names that have long lost their meaning, meaning and significance to you a long time ago. The name also contains a two-digit number to separate individuals from the same litter. This tradition of giving lab names has continued to this day. Dogs are named after astronauts. For example, Gargarin, 17. Laika, 9. Aldrin, 53. You, you see what's going on here, right? Cats are named after ancient Romans for some weird reason. Rats are named after famous composers. Well, the character I created was a female squirrel. And if you know Mendelssohn, Mendelssohn's first name is Fanny. Well, I didn't like Mendelssohn. It didn't sound squirrelish. But you know what? Fanny kind of sounds squirrelish. So I went Fanny, and I can't remember why I went 05. I think it was something to do with Mendelssohn's birth date or something like that. But I went Fanny 05. So if you watch that character creation video, that's where the name comes from. Uh, but you can see other ones. Bears are named after famous people in movies. There you go. You can have Eastwood <laughs> or Clint. I'm, I'm Clint. <laughs> uh, but uh, I wouldn't want a bear named Bogart. Just saying. Bogart. But, That's funny. Uh, apes are named after physicians. Physicists. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. Physicists, you're right. You're correct. I, I said physicians and I saw Einstein. I was like, what? <laughs> you corrected me right there. But because apes, again, are supposed to be smart. So, yeah, uh, if you want, again, an Einstein bear, that just seems a little weird to me rabbits are named after famous football or soccer players and by football yeah they mean soccer nope i don't know any of them pele is like the only soccer player i know do you know anybody else well ronaldo obviously beckham you know i don't just, know just just the super famous ones okay I don't, um badgers are named after famous hockey players again i'm from minnesota that okay that works for me i don't know anybody else and reptiles are named after celebrities in the music business Pavarotti. 
Pavarotti. Do you imagine that you're a lizard? You know, you're looking like at some sort of uh, well, I was gonna say alligator, but that's uh, but you're uh, you're a big ass salamander, a Komodo dragon, and your name is Pavarotti or Miley, Miley, <laughs> Brittany. Oh, you didn't even know, Brittany. You share. Okay, okay, stop. <laughs> so, and moose are named after classic poets and novelists. Again, I don't know why. So, resistance names. Some members of the resistance dismiss the traditional lab names as slave names, part of the Watcher's oppression. They secretly take resistance names, and this is where you can have Bob the Bear. Sure. Oh, uh, apparently they go very Native American here. My name is Big Paw. <laughs> I'm Spotted Coat. Whatever. Um, okay, appearance, age. Now, this is something that uh, didn't come up in Mutant Year Zero. Age. This is... This is something that does happen in most other Year Zero engine games. So, age. So, no one cares how old you are. Well, it, there is an exception to that. But this is what it affects. Youngsters get 15 attribute points. Mature, and this is normal. If you remember, Mutant Year Zero, everybody's mature. And, and again, across the Year Zero engine, the middle one is going to be what you call the base, the standard, is the 14 attribute points. And then uh, Elder, you get less attributes because you're weaker, more feeble, or whatever. Yeah, I don't understand why Youngster has more than Mature. You, you should still be developing. You should have, they should flip those. 14, well, I, 15, 13. Yeah, Youngster is more like, you know, an 18-year-old. But still, I mean, your attribute points, yeah, you may be... No, actually, I... If, if, if you take any 30-year-old right now and send them back in time to beat the crap out of their 18 year old self, the 30 year old will win. Okay. Well, I'm not going to send the time. The 30 year old will win. It's game mechanics, not a simulation. <laughs> I, okay. I, personally, I would flip that. That'd be a home. That'd be a homebrew on my table. You're going to ruin the game. If you do that though. And I ruin the game. Screw you. I play my game the way I want. Okay. Uh, cause it's gonna, I shouldn't say ruin the game, but, uh, because skill points are also based on age as well. Guess what? Also flipped. How, how would a youngster have more skill points than a mature person? He's fresh out of school. Okay. That's, that's, <laughs> that's dumb. <laughs> that's, um, so again, we have the strength, agility, wits. Uh Oh, but there's something different here. Instinct. What was it before? It was empathy previously. Now it's instinct. So let's read what this is. Raw animal presence and silent communication. Instinct is decreased by doubt. Remember before, doubt removed uh, or lowered empathy and is recovered with an animal behavior. What was it before? Like uh, hey, listening to music or something, having some good vibes for a little bit. Well, now, now you have to. Rutting. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. no. You, you, to, yeah. If you're a moose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's determined by your animal type. So skills, again, it's the same as before. One to three. Uh, that's gross. What? A smoking Picture. monkey? No, just mo just the, the monkey walking and wearing human clothes. God, I hate it. See? I'm not the only one that hates monkeys. So, no, I just hate animals and human clothes. We are not going to go through this entire list. Mutant humans had mutant powers. Well, animals, well, they had mutations, sorry. Sure. Animals have animal powers or powers. And those Normal animal abilities, yeah. 
right? And they're based on your animal. And it's just like mutations in terms of you don't get all of these. You pick one. Can you get more later? Yes. But you pick one to start. This is your mutation, so to speak. So as a dog, and I think you can actually, there are ways to get more than one. Because I remember my squirrel got three, if I remember correctly. But, and we'll look at that in a little bit. But the hunting instincts, fury, fleet-footed, furry. predator. Furry. Oh, you're right. Why can't I read today? Furry, oh. fleet-footed, predator, tail, and warning call. Yeah. Um, and let's look down at the moose. I don't know why I keep going to moose. But uh, uh, moose and squirrel. Antlers, fleet-footed, flight response, huge, which is actually kind of cool. And yeah. also has a drawback. And herbivore. And you can see these other ones. A reptile can get poisonous bite. Nobody ever wants to play reptiles, yet if you look at what they get, they actually get probably the best ones. Natural armor, poisonous bite, fast reflexes. That just, that's an assassin. Yeah. Why wouldn't you play a reptile? They're not right? cute. <laughs> okay. Oh, Whatever. So, uh, all right. And we'll, we'll look over some of those uh, next week when we talk about animal powers and what they do. So, talents work the same way as meeting year zero. Every roll gets a choice of three to start. And then there are general talents. Uh, ranks. Oh, God. Okay, let's go back up here. Where does it start? Feral points. Yeah, let's do that. So mutants are, uh, use mutation points. Animals use feral points. It's the same concept, though. You get them the same way. It's the same idea. It's just a different name because you're not activating a human genetic mutation. You're now activating an animal power. And... Do. ranks uh isn't this for another thing separating humans out of street oh okay so i thought it was called something else but it no, starts here this is different from mutant year zero you didn't have to worry about this do you remember how social interaction worked in mutant year zero at least vaguely yeah okay so if you have more on your side and less on your yada 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 right uh you get these things that come into place well guess what here it's based on your animal type and your role Oh, and your age. So your base, if you're mature, you start at a base of four. If you're a seer, which is the one role that I can't stand, that I, uh, you'll see why in a bit. Uh, you'll have a nine. That pretty much guarantees your success. But what if you're playing that exile? Minus two, plus your age. So let's say, let's say you make that youngster. And, and you have a minus two. That gives you zero dice. Yeah. Get so good, let's... Grub. Your rank is a, is a numerical value from zero and up. Rank is used in social conflicts with other animal mutants. Read more about that, blah, blah, blah. So uh, I don't think there's anything below this box. Nope, there isn't. Because I want it to actually tell you specifically what it does at character creation you have a rank based on your age rank is then modified based on your role we got that uh which gives them rank of okay uh i thought i was gonna say it here but i guess it does not relationships and dreams that's the same thing as before when you make your character you you have a relationship with all the other characters i can show you that on the character sheet if you want more information on that go check out the character creation video i talk about that quite a bit uh, you have a buddy you have your big dream Again, all the same as Mutant Year Zero. And of course, I mean, if the game is going to be played in the same world, if it is going to be using where you can have the characters mix and match, it's going to follow the same generic process, right? All right, gear. 
Another thing that separates animal mutants from wild animals are personal belongings. That's right. Your dog now has a sense of ownership. Yep. Starting gear, your roll tells you what, what you can get. Same thing. And your den. Same thing as before. Your den. And if you think I'm skipping too much, again, I guarantee you we talked about it when we did Mutineers here. All right. This dude's wearing an Iron Maiden shirt. I don't care if it's anthropomorphic animal or not. He's cool. Um, developing your animal. We did not cover this in Mutineer Zero. Somebody mentioned that to me, so I will cover it quickly. When you do, you don't level up. There are no levels in the game. You get experience points, and you can spend those experience points to increase your character. And it talks here about how you get your experience points. Did you participate in the session? I don't like this one. Although it is worded a little differently than I think the other one is. Participate to me means something. Means that you're you're not just you sitting. You didn't just show up. Yeah, you have to contribute at least once. Just showing up doesn't does get. Yeah, you get one XP for being there. No, you don't. You get one XP for actually contributing. Yes, and and you weren't disruptive. Like if you have everybody laughing every five minutes at the table, but it's actually disruptive to the game. But everybody was having a good time. They weren't having a good time related to the game though. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you sacrifice or risk something for your tribe? And this is where tribe politics might make things a little weird. If you have a dog and a cat, yeah, I risk something for my tribe. And the dog and the cat are blowing each other up. It's like, or their tribes up secretly or whatever. It's like, yeah, I, I, I'm exaggerating to some degree, but it's that concept. Again, Battlelords was such a prominent example of that. For those who haven't played it, Eridani and Fentari have like a blood feud and the Scissorax and, and the Ram Pythons. Well, the Scissorax went and conquered the Ram Python planet until the Ram Pythons figured out, hey, kitty, kitty, we can tease you. You know, whatever. It doesn't make sense to have them in the same group. I, I just feel that this doesn't go to that degree, but it's still the same. So this is really beneficial if everybody is the same or at least close. Let's say like you have rabbits and mice. As close the enough. same group. What's that? Close enough, right? Yeah, I mean, they are different tribes, but they probably don't like the cats too much. Sure. Did you sacrifice or risk something for the resistance? Now, this is going to become very important. Did you sacrifice or risk something for your PC buddy? Remember, that's player character buddy. That's the buddy you picked during character creation. Did you sacrifice or risk something for the NPC you want to keep safe? Again, you're like, what are all these things? Go look at the Mutant Year Zero character creation. Or... Uh, the, the Mutant Gen Lab Alpha, I do talk about, I don't go into the specifics of it, but I do talk about it in the character creation video. And did you sacrifice something to reach your big dream? You know what I see missing from this? What's that? It's almost like the Palladium list. I feel all, almost all of this for your tribe. Now, that could be team-oriented. For the Resistance, okay, that could be team-oriented. But... For your PC buddy, is that team-oriented? I mean, you could theoretically say, well, it's about the buddy. Yeah, that's, that's your buddy. It has nothing to do with the rest of the party. Uh, did you sacrifice or risk something for the NPC you want to keep safe? Did you sacrifice or risk something to mess with the NPC you hate? Like, all of these are individualistic. It's something that I kind of didn't like. I would actually port over or prefer to port over the Palladium uh xp system and give yeah. one for like each of those did in you that have list. a good idea was it successful yeah. did did you did you save a bunch of people did you right did you significantly you know advance the plot in some way you get all this okay i get it yes 
The GM has a final say, yada, yada. You guys know that already. Uh, change your rank. All right. This rank thing, you know, remember that hierarchy? Yep. It can change. Have you defeated another animal with a higher rank than you in dominance conflict? What's dominance conflict? We'll talk about that, I think, next week. Is, is that the equivalent of stealing his wife? No, that is the equivalent of growling louder and, uh, and, and locking horns. Oh, okay, okay. Remember, you are an animal. Got it, got it. Uh, have you risked your life to help your tribe? You know what, if you, if you go, out, go out of your way to help the tribe, like, wow, man, you know, you get the purple heart, and you know what, you get a little bit of respect. People listen to you. Uh, if you can answer yes to one, your, your rank decreases. Have you been defeated by another animal with lower rank than you in a dominance conflict? And have you failed your tribe in some way? So your rank can fluctuate. This isn't something I see happening constantly, but it definitely can happen. Oh, and, and it has to be known. Like if, if you, if you lost a dominance contest in the woods and no one was there to see it, did it really happen? No. Raise a skill, get a talent so you can spend XP, five XP. Right. Uh, let me, I think I covered this last time, but you can raise any basic skill you like, but not special skills from another role. You can choose a talent specific to your role or any of the general talents, but not a talent from another role. And these are the three starting talents. You cannot. So if you pick a seer, you cannot pick uh, one of the three starting talents from, I forget what the bear fighter is called. We'll just call it the warrior. The three starting ones belong. Remember the special skill and the three starting talents belong only to that role. Everything else is general and you can get relationships and dreams. And we did talk about that previously. Does anybody wear pants? I guess he is wearing pants. This is what the character sheet looks like. We'll zoom in on this. Very similar to the other one, just it's green. And a little bit more readable. Those who watch the character creation video will know what I'm talking about. So, uh, 2543. Again, the dots aren't filled in. I'd fill those in. But, you know, same starving, sleepless, hypothermic, dehydrated that we saw before. Parents, yada, yada. Nothing really changes here. Okay, it says feral points instead of... Uh, uh, mutation points the skills are the same except for one dominate that's an instinct skill and we'll look at that in a little bit uh what was it before um i forget what it is for humans already but uh it, that was a different skill then and why does it say rot points if you don't have to deal with rot yeah because eventually someday you're gonna leave here and also, rot can be brought in, but it's different. Hmm. Uh, people have met Vivaldi 22, Beethoven 8, again, following that theme. And we'll move on. So, let's look. There are only five roles. Only five. Now, you're going to ask yourself, there's only five. Why would Max say one of them isn't allowed? Again, your mileage may vary. I've had people argue with me a lot about this, that it's not as difficult or problematic or whatever and i'm just a bad game master maybe that's the case but we'll check it out in a moment healer uh so key attribute is instinct and special skill brew potions everybody from forbidden lands is angry right now what dumbass animals get to brew potions and we can't correct <laughs> that's funny <laughs> um but uh this is actually really awesome, because if you remember, in Mutant Year Zero, you could brew alcohol, you could, uh, uh, you know, you had medicine rolls and so forth. 
this character is more of a traditional type healer. It isn't just somebody that can cut off limbs a little bit better. Paradise Valley is a more, I don't call it modern, and technological, even though it has robots, probably isn't the right word either, but it is, it is not a decadent place. Unless, unless your definition of decadence is that it's not growing, which I suppose, but it's not, it's not degenerate. It's, it's actually a pretty decent place to live, so there is medical technology. What are the talents? Moonshiner, of course, surgeon, therapist, and we'll get to that. And gear, if you remember, it's the same as Mutant Year Zero. You start with rations of food or water. Notice it doesn't call it grub here. No. It actually says, hey, it's food. Because it's not, it's not just, you know, sustenance gruel. It's actually, <laughs> food. you know, food. You know, fruits, vegetables, stuff like that. Yeah. So the healer, I mean, you probably want one in your group. You know, that's, it does his job. The hunter. And there you go. There's a Heathen Dog's Assassin. Makes sense. That's, that's gross. Yeah. Uh, what do we have here? Special skill is hunt, and we'll talk about that at the end of this video. Key attribute is agility. Boyer, obviously an archer, a skinner, and a trapper. Anything else special in here? Not really. The warrior. Oh, there it is. <laughs> How does he run? <laughs> Circus bear. Anyway, uh, sorry. Uh, measure enemy. You've played Earth Done before. Sure. Measure enemy is almost like spot armor flaw. Oh, well, nice. it's got more uses than that. But uh, measure enemy is is uh, is pretty dangerous. And this is one of those that when you get out into the Mutant Year Zero game, makes the enforcer cringe. Mm. Uh, Stonewall, weapon maker, weapon master are the talents. And then the seer. Of course, it's a chihuahua. I hate the seer. I hate the seer. I'm sorry I do. Why? Spe why? Special skill is scry. When we read scry, you're going to know why. Okay. It's the special skill that does it for me. Talents, death visions, sudden visions, and totem maker. Now remember, talents typically refer back to the special skill. Sure. So what does it look like the scry do scryer does? Scry or the seer does. He sees the future. Yeah. How well does that work in a game? Not very. Well, no, no, no. It works well as long as you are you you have the game master has fleshed out the the adventure, or you're using a module. Then it works great. But if you're sandboxing it, no, not 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 so much. And the scavenger, which is my favorite role, the scavenger is similar to the stalker. If you remember, like the scavenger. Well, nope, the scavenger finds items more than it does finds locations, but you can scavenge. What's cool about the scavenger is with the right talent, you always have a useful item on you. Now, which, um, was it the Chronicler? Or was it uh, one, one of the, the roles had it Mutant Year Zero? But I don't know, I just like it here better. Scrounger, there it is right there. Weapons Collector, find better weapons. And Hideout means you can store, oh, is it store more? No, you always have a hideout. Oh, crap, you know what? I, I've forgotten. We'll get to it in a moment. Skills. Now, we're only going to look at the special skills. How to roll them, how to push rolls. This is a dominance. This is what dominance is. Obviously, it's artwork, but it gives you the idea. Obviously, you know who's in charge there. Yeah. And if this person had a higher rating before, now it drops one. Uh, 
skills force move what is this oh that's heal why is it always the cats doing the healing are cats the ones that should do the damage okay all right heal instinct special skills the warrior special skill measure enemy a true warrior knows that battle is won even before the first blow is struck you get a chance to study your enemy for or if you get a chance to study your enemy for about a minute you can measure him your enemy remains a mystery to you so this is if you failure minus two to initiative roll all right success the gm must tell your enemy's highest attribute and skill scores you know what you're fighting against and now if i know that heathen dog is now it could make sense well heathen dog's an enforcer he's gonna have a high strength now that might make sense right sure but but if it says yeah is his highest scores are in uh in strength and because Heathen Dog realizes that ranged combat is pretty important, and while it's not the perfect, you know, I'm only good at one thing build, he decided to go high in ranged weapons. I now know that. That gives me, that tells me I'm going after his agility. So guess where every single stunt, every additional success is going to go for damage on you. It's not going to go to take down your strength. I'm going to do that one point of strength damage and then put the rest of it towards your agility. So it's a it's a pretty neat uh, ability, and every time uh, you roll uh, extra successes, as you choose from the stunts, you detect your enemy's weakness. You get a plus one modification to all attacks against the enemy for the fight. That's not a one round thing. No, that's the rest of the time. Yeah. Yes. You strike fear in your enemy. Suffer, suffers one level of doubt. The stunt does not work against monsters. Now, well, who cares? Why would you go after doubt? Because a lot of times fighters have a very low instinct or very low empathy. So now, if you can intimidate him to the point of making him just stand down, especially if you break him, mm -hmm. remember, as a fighter, as a warrior, you might be like, oh, I'm stupid, I'm a fighter, I'm a warrior. No, a fighter knows how to fight and knows how to win fights. And if the best way to win a fight is to go after somebody's, uh, you know, is to intimidate somebody into backing down, well, great, because you don't get injured now, too. And you can predict your enemy's moves. You get plus one to your initiative roll at the beginning of the conflict. Because remember, you have to take a minute to do this beforehand. Right, right. I mean, th this is the equivalent of uh, uh, Crocodile Dundee get, getting uh, getting harassed by the by, by the kids with a knife. That's that's a, that's not a knife. And he pulls out his knife and cuts cuts the kid's jacket, and they run away. He he, he broke them by yeah. you di didn't even didn't even put a scratch on them, but me mentally broke them, and they ran. All right, scry. And it's based on instinct. You can perform a scrying ritual to discern what will happen during the gaming session. The ritual requires a few hours and can be completed with the help of hallucinogenic plants, a sweat lodge, or other methods of your choosing. By the way, there's a workaround to that. Roll to scry during the ritual. Failure. Your visions are vague and give you no useful information. You cannot scry again until the next day. All right. Success. You see visions of the future showing a certain action who performs it and if it succeeds or not. That seems like everything you need to know. You, the player, decide. Okay, let, let, let me say that again because it's going to give Heathen Dog a heart attack or an aneurysm. Yes. You, the player, Ooh. decide what the vision shows and you should describe it for all to hear. All right. All right. Hang on. Uh, no, no, you, you, you keep going. I'll be back in a second. 
Okay. He's got to go uh, relieve himself from that. If the action you have predicted is actually carried out later in the session, regardless of if you are present or not, it is affected by your prediction. If you predicted that the action would succeed, your successes are added to the role for the action. Now, I know somebody's going to sit here and be like, well, if it doesn't come up, it doesn't come up. Here's the thing. Are you going to play the class if the party continually doesn't go for your predictions? What's the point of playing it if you're not able to use the role properly? So you know that the party and the game master is going to feel obligated to put up those, that uh, situation, that scenario. If you predicted that the action would succeed, your extra successes are added to the roll for the action. If you predicted the action would fail, every success you roll eliminates one success rolled for the action. If the action you have predicted does not happen during the, se uh, the session, the effect is lost. You must have misinterpreted your visions. Again, you got successes, and typically in your Zero Engine games, one success is enough for anything. Now you just turn your success into a failure. Oh, you must have misinterpreted the vision as if you had already rolled a failure. Nothing about this ability I like. I don't like putting myself in a position as a game master where I have to shoehorn in something dumb that the players have come up with. Yes, I said dumb. I don't like the idea of possibly having failure happen for an ability that should be a rolled success. You remember, you only get one chance to roll. Go watch the skills section for Mutant Year Zero. You'll see all about pushing rolls. You'll see how the success system works and so forth. This entire thing here, from beginning to end, the players coming up with the vision, the necessity of the game master, and I do say necessity. I know I'm being a little hyperbolic about that, but putting it in there, I, I don't I don't like, I just don't like this, this roll. You can scry several times during the same session, but you cannot scry again until the action you have predicted happens. And yes, there is a way to make it that you can scry on the fly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hold on, let me just keep that there. Keep that there. Boom. Player agency not allowed. <laughs> yeah, I had to go get it. No problem. Because yeah, I understand. I understand that if uh, I'm, I may allow a seer, but I'm not allowing that foolish nonsense. Yeah, but but that's the thing. Did you hear everything that I said about it? The weaknesses on both sides when you walked away. That, uh, that, that that one sentence just ruined the power. Well, no, I get, but but imagine this, and this is what I said. Yeah, I'm going to duplicate, but I want Heathen Dog to hear this for for the purpose. If you roll a success, but the players don't do what the seer vision envisioned. It becomes a failure. And what is the point of the user engine and rolling dice? If you get one success, what does that mean? It means you, you succeed. Yeah. You don't have to continually do rolls. This no. means that the game master isn't officially or technically, but spiritually is obligated to make sure that what that player character saw Comes happens in the game. Now, what if, what if you set up a resistance and you're like, ah, we're going to go after watchers over here but the player and you know players do dumb stuff like this oh i foresee that heathen dog is going to uh is going to get into a fight with an amphibian and he's going to deal a lethal blow against the amphibian and that's gonna you know it's, it's cloudy but it looks like it's gonna cause the amphibians to to regale him with with whatever now as the game master i'm like god oh, dang it wow you i just, didn't have you just 
you just gave yourself a whole bunch of stuff, didn't you? It's like, now I have to figure out how to get him over with the amphibians because this wasn't supposed to go over there. Now, is it impossible? Absolutely not. Can a good game master do it? Sure. But is but it a player bullying a game master? Yeah, it yes. is. Yeah. No. So, and again, I may have gone a little far with this scribe, but you get what I'm saying. Like, like I don't like that conceptually. I don't like the players dictating what's going to happen in the game. Now, if it said that the game master comes up with the vision, that's different. I would be okay with it. Or if there was something else about the scrying that came out that didn't say, crap, I've got to shoehorn this in because he succeeded in the role, I might be more apt for it as well. But without beating a dead horse on this, uh, my, my, it's, it's not one aspect of it. It's the entirety of how it's written that I, I would just, I want to play a seer. Nope. Like, that's just the way it's going to be. A seer are going to be NPCs. Healer. Brew potion. There are many wondrous plants in Paradise Valley. To the untrained eye, most of them might look like weeds. But you know... Which plants heal and which kill? You pick them, boil them, and extract the useful substances. First, you must choose which kind of potion you want to brew. There are different types. Then you must spend a few hours in nature to find the right herbs. Then you roll to brew potion. Or go pay somebody to find the herbs for you. If you fail, potion has no effect. Or it's a different effect, which is fun. Success... The decoction? Is that a word? Decoction? I've heard concoction. I've never heard detoxion. Decoction. Whatever. Maybe I've just been educated on a word. I don't know. Has a desired effect. Every success you roll creates one dose of the decoction. Storage. Up to 10 doses of the same potion can be stored in a bottle or something similar. So you can actually have like a 10 potion vial. You got that. And the types are healing, invigorating, stimulating, intoxicating. I think there's more in just a moment. But notice that each one of these fixes one type of damage sure and then yeah there's sedating which inflicts a point of confusion and lethal which inflicts a point of damage i i sorry d6 points of damage. a healer assassin yeah you could well you know what doctors have access to medicine that can kill you right yeah scavenger uses wits you pick up all the stuff and scrap you can find and cram it into a cart or a backpack that you always drag around. Every time you need a particular item to perform an action, roll to scavenge. You can't find the item if you fail. Success. You have the appropriate tool for the job. You decide exactly what it is. That's okay. You know what? The player agency in this case doesn't matter. Why? Because the item gives you a gear bonus equal to the number of successes you've rolled. Usually the gear is in bad condition is only good for one use. You can make the gear more durable at the cost of one rolled success. In that case, write it down and put it on your character sheet. Um, this is similar. I think it's a scavenger from Utenusher. Weapons. You can scavenge to find a blunt instrument. Extra successes can provide a better weapon. There you go. The scavenge skill cannot be used to find food, water, arrows, or bullets. So you can't find free money. And you have a horde. The Carter well, backpack. In, in this game, bullets are money again? No, in this game, bullets are bullets. Okay, there you oh, go. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Don't quote me on that. Um, we'll, we'll find out in a moment. I forget what the currency is. I, I, I've never officially run this. I set up a game for Gen Lab Alpha, and then the players quit. Okay. And it wasn't because of me. It's because they're like, well, we just wanted to play D&D. Well, why'd you have me go? You know what? Yes, that, that that I was. Did you hear about that when that happened? Did I no. tell you about it? Oh, yeah, I, I was pretty pissed. I almost left that group. Because they agreed to play, and then all of a sudden they're like, you know, no, we just want to play D and D. If there isn't going to be a game for those couple of weeks, we'll just we'll just wait and come back for D and D. 
All right. Um, Thank, thanks for having me put the work into making this. <laughs> anyway, um, your hoard, your Carter backpack with your hoard counts as a heavy item, but that's okay. If you lose your hoard, you have to recreate it by finding new stuff. This requires three successful scavenge rolls where every roll requires several hours of searching. Don't worry about that. And by the way, only dick game masters keep taking it away from yeah. you. Yeah, it's it's the same thing as keep killing somebody's horse. It's just yeah. a dick move. Yeah. Uh, but it's with that horde that you can use that scavenge skill that you've got. Uh, almost, you should have found a nice backwards place to misplace him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was, I was angry. Don't get me wrong, I was angry, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, hunt. As one of the tribe's hunters, your job to track and kill game to feed your tribe. You can use hunt in two different ways. You can hunt small game. If you spend a few hours, you can hunt for small game in the valley. Every success allows you to bring down enough game for D6 rations of food. Hey, that's a lot better than hunting out in the, in the year zero, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you weren't wrong when you're like, why are we trying to get out of this place? Just a few robots we got to worry about? Track beasts. Now, this is probably going to happen more during your game session. You can hunt to find tracks from monsters as well as humanoid creatures. The GM can modify the role if the tracks are old or easy or hard to follow for some reason. If the role is successful, you easily find the tracks and see in what direction your prey has walked. For every extra success role, you can choose a stunt. Well, what kind of stunts? What kind of creature left the tracks? Uh, a wheeled robot. How far uh, from it are you? Uh, looks like you're about a kilometer away. Is it wounded? It's leaking oil. Is the prey alone? Yeah, it's just one set of tracks. And I think that's it. That is it. Um, <laughs> but, it's Smokey the Bear. Yeah. Notice that a lot of the animals smoke. Like, didn't we have a monkey smoking before? And then Yeah. And this is this is that dichotomy with Free League that drives me crazy. Because Sweden and the way they've changed their books tells me that they're woke. And you know, I can't stand that. But then they do things like this. They remember that characters can die in a game. They remember that, I mean, the goblins from uh, Forbidden Lands, when we get to that, are just absolutely fantastic. They don't have a problem with, with Smokey the Bear. It's like, ah, you guys, I love you in one hand, the other hand. <laughs> so, but to, yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any, is there anything that I said we were going to talk about talents? So the, the specific talents we'll get to next week. Um, I, I can't think of anything else. Oh, dominance, dominance, dominance. I do want to, um, animal powers we'll get to next week also. So I wonder if I can control F for dumb. Wasn't it a skill? That was a skill. Yeah, you're right. It is. Well, I it's wanted to go through the process of it though, uh, which is it's, it's part of social combat. Oh, okay. But uh, we can look at the skill version of it first, just because you are correct. Apparently, I can't do uh, an instinct special skills. Dominance, or dominate. Now, lies, flattery, manipulation were humankind's ways of making others obey. Animals have another way of breaking down resistance. An animal's conflict of rank and dominance. You roll dominate when you want to make an NPC. Don't mm -hmm. do that to player characters yet. Uh, act according to your wishes. This is an opposed role where you roll dominate and your opponent rolls sense emotion. I think he's angry. You de your demand must be reasonable. It's the same thing as social conflict. Your demand right. must be reasonable, blah, blah, blah. Failure won't listen, won't do what he says, might even start to dislike you or even attack. Remember, you're growling at him, okay? Or whatever else animals do to prove dominance. Arching your back, looking like a Halloween cat or something. 
Success must choose to either. So if you succeed, you must either choose. My God, must choose to either do what you want or immediately attack you. If he's just dead set about not giving you his watch or in Heathen Dog's case, his wife. Yep. He's got to attack you. And you can use extra stunts to sow fear and doubt in the opponent's heart. Um, what I wanted to look at, though, was rank. And if I can't find it easily, uh, um, just know that it is an important aspect of the game. Uh, okay. And if I pass it, scream at me. It's the same concept for um, injury and so forth, which is why we're not going to cover cover that here. Drowning, darkness, explosions, the rot. Why is there rot? Well... Oh, I guess, okay, I can't find it quickly. Just know that that uh, those rank levels do come into play with social conflict. And okay. I probably should have had it. I thought I was going to find it easier than that or else no, I would have had a it, case it adds number. to the dice. Yeah, your your rank and your roll are what, the, the base dice? Uh, oh, what just happened? Hold on. I... There we go. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it adds... It, yes, it adds to your, your base dice because that's the way everything works, you know, with regard to that. Or is it skill? Okay, no, so it adds, on, your, no, on, it adds your skill dice. Adds your skill dice. Hang on. So so you, you can say if you want to use a, a year zero engine parlance, you could say it's more like gear, social gear. You know, your 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 rank and your roll are your social gear dice when you're rolling dominance because dominance is a skill and it's based on instinct and then your rank and roll are your social gear all modifiers are to skills so it'd be to the skill dice first and then after uh if you got the negatives then it would take away from your attribute dice after you lost all your skill dice but don't quote me on that only because there's always a little nuance in these games and i didn't look that up beforehand i should have i thought it was going to be right there i was mistaken but Dominance is an important part of the game, but if you go through the social combat a portion of the uh, the combat video, because in part for two, Mutant Year Zero, yeah. for Mutant Year Zero, you'll see how the social conflict works, and then just add in the dice for your dominance. Right. Okay. So we got some chat. Right. We got uh, Coco Shiko says, uh, "I think I want to be a bird." There are no birds. There are no birds. Yeah, I don't know why. There's uh, no because... birds. I mean, in in the main story, there's a damn duck, right? In the story, yeah. there's a duck. What? Why? Where's all ducks? Is he all alone? What well, happened again? The computer game was made by a third party company. It was, it was based yeah, on the it. game, but unfortunately, no, the reason there are no birds, they don't want them to fly away. It's that simple. There are no birds well, because they're on, keeping man. everybody I mean, locked in. It, that, that is super easy enough. But, you know, birds can fly. Yes, but mutant birds are too, too human. Their, their bones aren't hollow. So they can only get like 10 feet off the ground or hover or some other nonsense. Kind of, kind of use it like insect wings from, uh, from the mutant mutations from mutant year zero. And we have uh, Crafting Gamer says, sounds like if Heathen Dog was forced to play in this game, he would play a lizard, slowly assassinate the party, and say, okay, here's what we're actually playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I like that. I like that. It sounds nice. Then we have Crafty saying, did you participate in the session? It doesn't say, did you show up? I think Free League means that you did, you did something. Hang on. I got this. That you did something meaningful during the session. I believe that, too. I would really be happy, though, if what they meant to say is what they actually said. That would make me happy. What they actually said was, is you get a point for showing up. That's a quote. I think the first one, I, if I remember correctly, Mutant Year Zero actually does say, did you show up or something similar to that? If I remember correctly. Well, in this one, it says show up too. It's it's in the parenthetical. You get one XP for showing up. Oh, did up. it actually say that? Hold yes, on. it actually said that. 
Oh, I skipped that part because I, I would have railed. Oh, I'm too far away. I would have railed on that uh, if I had seen yep. that. So, yeah, I mean, I hope it's what they meant. It's just not what they wrote. Yeah, so. I, I have I have a problem with that. Just because you showed up does not mean does not mean it, you're useful. Look, yeah. I get it. Some people aren't strong role players or they're intimidated by the group or you got the alpha dominant male so to speak and that's always take i'm here i'm here i'm here and some people just have respect and they and they and they sit back on it that's fine if the person's trying the person's trying that counts what doesn't count is like huh? sitting back there playing on your on your switch game boy well i i went, I went more modern but yeah <laughs> yeah all right, and then we have uh, Perfect Tangent. Also not a fan of games where players have the ability to dictate story. And hang on, don't answer that yet, because we got a lot of them. Okay. Yeah, why not write a book? <laughs> uh, don't overthink scrying. The GM tells them what the GM wants them to see. That's not how, it, again, that's, I wish it was what they wrote, but that's not what they wrote in the game. Yeah, it specifically says player. That's Player. Player <laughs> decides. That's exactly. <laughs> and by the way, you can get this shirt. If you want one of these shirts, you can get it on our Redbubble store. Description in the link below. All right. Uh, it, it may not. Mark Hawkman, I think you got the right idea. Mark Hawkman had a, uh, prompted this by, by saying, hey, well, you know, if the player says it, then the, then the game master can screw with it or you know yeah or... but that's like screwing it's a wish spell. I know. You do that, do that once or twice. Haha, <laughs> it's funny. After that, it's just like, really? I know. I know. Then we have, uh, I see a spaceship. That's the, that's the seer, the player saying, I see a spaceship instead yeah. of being an actual ship. It's on a TV or a playground bouncy ride or whatever. Yeah. Again, that's funny the first time. Yeah. And then the player stops thinking it's funny. Uh, you can easily make this backfire on a player for derailing you. The thing is, why are you punishing the player for something? That's the book's problem. The book made the issue by saying, the player decides what the future is going to be. That is ridiculous in both concept and execution. Absolutely ridiculous and can't work. Uh, uh, but before you move on from that one, go, go back go back to that for a second. This goes back to like what I was saying a moment ago about messing with people's uh, uh, wish spells or, or killing the player's horses or, or the scavenger's sack. It's like, yes, you can do that. You can punish the player. But how many times will the player allow himself to be punished before he says, you're just a dick? And just walk away. Yeah. Then uh, W says again, can you play a human or oh. mutated? Well, it depends. You in the in this thing, if uh, if if you played Mutant Year Zero first, and you found Eden, and Eden happened to be Paradise Valley, you can break in. If all of those things that aren't in the game linearly aligned are now linearly aligned because it's your world and you can do what you want with yeah, it. You yeah, you can. Well, I mean, ultimately, that is the point. The point is to play the animals, break free, join the zone, play the robots, fix the, the, the well, get out of the dome and join, join the, the join the zone to. Oh, my God. I, I got to reread Elysium because I forget what it is that they're their political struggles are against but uh you know defeat their elders or whatever the heck it is and then uh and then get out in the zone yeah at that point all of them and i didn't cover it here and i probably should have not only do they mix but you can learn any one of these roles as any one of the other so if you if you want to be a scry as a mutant human you can do that once Paradise Valley is, uh, and the mutant animals are out. That Chihuahua can teach you how to be a scry. 
A seer. A seer. Sorry. Good thing. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. But the thing is, I mean, uh, if, if the game master wants it, the, the mechanics of the game completely allow you are walking around one day and you find a human child. That's entirely possible. Probable? No. But is it possible? Yeah. It is. And the mechanics of the game allow it. So it's 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 not going to destroy the game. It's not going to unbalance it, overpower it, whatever. Now, what are the watchers going to do about that? What are the other animals going to do about that? You can have the game master and you can have some fun in figuring that out. But no, all of the Year Zero engine games, for the most part, work with each other. I'm not going to say flawlessly or seamlessly, but mechanically they all work. So it's possible, yeah. And that's it. That's what we got. Okay. And yeah, I, I did look at that. It says you get one XP just for being there. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> no, you that's, don't. That's exactly what it what it reads. And if they wanted it to mean something else, they should have they should have written it in a different way. <laughs> because no. you know, it, it especially when you're reading the written word, it's really hard to read the mind of the author. It really is. I'm gonna go with impossible. <laughs> Now, ultimately i mean do i like this game yes uh, in fact the reason why i'm probably pointing out more of the negative stuff about it is because we've already covered mutant year zero and i'm not going to have five six weeks to cover this game so we're pointing out the differences and well some of those differences are a little are a little man one of the things i absolutely love that my favorite literally favorite aspect of this game will come in two weeks uh, barring uh, an interruption uh, when we cover the resistance i think the way the resistance is set up is fantastic and is such an amazing way for a game master to set up the next adventure. Oh, you see, mellow today. Very dude. mellow today. What? Yes, I am. Well, I, right. except hating anthropomorphic animals. Other than that, yeah. if you like this and want to see some more of uh, your Zero Engine games, like, subscribe, share, leave a comment below. Tell me what you think about this. What do, What are your thoughts on Scry? And and I'm just going to be upfront with everybody. If you put in there, you know, any game master could get around. I know that. It's just you're making, you're putting extra work on the game master and you're setting the players up for to blame the game master. Like, I normally don't agree with Heathen Dog and he's like, well, then the game master gets blamed because you used a spell a certain way or the game master gets blamed. I, I'm like, I don't care, blame me. But this is one of those cases where, yeah, the game master is going to get blamed or the game master has to capitulate. So, and I agree with that shirt. In this case, I agree with that shirt 100%. That was a good stopping point. I love it when you agree with me 100%. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you need to step away for a moment or yeah, whatever? Before... Okay. I zipped through some of that kind of fast. Obviously, I skipped some parts, but hopefully it was still good enough for you. I am going to continue to say in each of these videos over and over again, go look at the Mutant Year Zero stuff because, you know, people are going to forget or they're going to tell me, you should have covered this, should have covered that. That was already covered. And it's being done intentionally. Now, if folks want... Like, hey, can you do a how-to on how to do combat, how to do how to do social conflict... I'm trying to find time to get back into doing individual videos. I got to stop playing satisfactory for that to happen, but I can, uh, I, I can start doing that. I mean, somebody asked me for a combat, like, Hey, can you teach me year zero engine combat? I just pointed him towards the Coriolis video, but Coriolis is different. Coriolis doesn't have uh, was it maneuver and action? It has three action points. 
you know, uh, now that might, okay, so that's just a subtle difference. There's some other differences. There's only two sets of dice in Coriolis, and there's three sets of dice in all the years, or the Mutant Year Zero games. So, uh, you know, maybe I can do an example combat for, uh, just those things take, they actually take a lot more to set up than people give them credit for. Because not only do you have to get them right, which usually you can do if you know the rules of the game, but you account for, if you're going to do it well, you want to account for so many different things. Like, okay, I want to include range combat. What are all the combat rules? Well, there's range combat, social conflict, grenades, fisticuffs, um, and you want to try to way, uh, find a way of incorporating all of that that makes sense. Well, you yeah. can take over a segment too for one week, and I'll just be full Ed McMahon. <laughs> yeah well no i'm saying but it takes time to put that together like when i did that coriolis video you remember me saying that when we did that live stream i was like man i thought having a week to put this together is mean no, easy nope <laughs> i spent the entire week putting that together making sure i got every last rule right because there are little nuances of like oh crap in this regard on this page this actually changes from a one to a two damn it <laughs> like you know finding all those little things and it's a space combat game so what did i have to do i had to have grenades uh, praying to the icons, which we'll get to uh, when we cover that. Uh, was it shooting, cover, dodging? What all, all that? So I had to make sure I incorporated every one of those. And you can't do that necessarily in one round of combat. Sometimes you have to wait till the second or third round of combat before things like that can kick in. So yeah. Uh, anyway, you good? I'm good. All right. That's a little yellow. Well, I didn't realize that. It's really yellow. All right, for segment two today, Ethan Dog is going to, by popular demand, by many, many, or at least one, uh, person requesting this uh, over and over again, uh, he is going to give you some Game Master tips and tricks. That's right. And today it's going to be all about encounters in Rift's Ultimate Edition. All right. Here's the deal with, uh, with encounters in Rift's. In many other games, you have your generic random encounter table. Well, Rifts is everything in the kitchen sink. You literally can't have a random encounter table that works all the time. You can't. It's not possible, but it doesn't mean they didn't used to try. So what I'm going to go through is the random encounter tables I did find looking through the forums and through several books. And then... I think an easier way to create random encounters or at least get background to make your own random encounters. And then we will talk about certain adjudication of encounters because I got a lot of questions on that too. So that's what we're going to do today. Hit this. We believe that role-playing games should take place in fantastic worlds. The focus of the game should be on role-playing and having a good time. The core values of hashtag RPGate and any good tabletop group are escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. The charity we support is the Wounded Warrior Project, a national nonpartisan organization whose mission is to honor and empower wounded warriors. Please refer to the description below for the link to where you can make your hopefully tax-deductible donation. Join us Thursday and Saturday evenings on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth to watch Heathen Dog and his team of dirty casuals play multiplayer games for your mockery and enjoyment. 
Here on our YouTube channel, you can watch these game-related segments live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time, or check out the Friday Night Show stream where our panel of guests opine, comment, and editorialize on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. Please like this video and leave a comment to appease the algorithm gods. Share this video on your favorite social media platforms to help us peer out of the shadows cast over us. And if you have not done so already, please subscribe to Legion Myth for more tabletop RPG goodness. Okay, now before we begin, I want to tell you that if I don't hit on your specific type of encounter you're looking for or stuff like that, wait until the end of the video. And we're going to get uh, comments and questions from people who are live with us in chat. And I'm going to answer those. Maybe we'll answer your question. That would be awesome. If not, leave a comment in the video and I will get to it if I can. If, you, if your question is impossible, then I'm not going to get to it. Sorry, I'm not going to do that. But yes, Riffs did encounter tables 30 years ago. They don't do them now. Here, let's let, let me let me show you what I'm talking about. This is the Game Master reference screen. Oh, it wow. It came out in 1996. I'm not sure I've ever seen that. Yeah. I, I happen to have it. I don't know how. I don't know why, but I have it. I've never, I've never used it. I've never even used it to hide dice rolls. I don't know why. <laughs> but it's out of print now. So if you if you want it, this is the encounter table. Here, uh, go ahead. I'm gonna embiggen this for everybody. So if they want, they can take a screenshot. It's two encounter tables. Can you see more? We have coalition encounters and we have animal encounters. That's it. Can, can you zoom in on that a little bit more? I, I can't read it from here. Oop, hang on. Okay. Just, just just to show a portion of the chart. So yeah, there's okay. your coalition encounters, one through one hundred, rogue agent, short range recon squad, elite. SMD squad. I forget what SMD means. Uh, I'm blanking on that right now. Search and destroy. Search and destroy, probably. And then we have animal encounters, which is ridiculous. If you're wearing mega damage armor and have even a knife, you're just going to win. Oh my God, a tiger, a bear. Yeah, but I've got huntsman armor on, which means I win. Deer, wild dogs, whatever. All of that, all that is here. But it's really not useful to the point where, you know, it, it's a it's a viable random encounter for your game group. Now, the only other in, encounter table that's new, it's actually in the Rifts Ultimate Edition. We went over it when we uh, when we covered the Rifts Ultimate book last year. Is the Rift encounter table? When a Rift opens, there is an there is a random thing where something could come out, and they have they have an encounter table for that. But other than that, there's almost nothing except. We have the Game Master's Guide here, and we go to page, where is it, 323. But there's we actually something useful in that book? Campaign ideas. And if you scroll down a little bit, it gives adventure ideas in different sections of the world. North America, South America, Atlantis, Europe, Africa, Asia, and it gives you... It gives you not an encounter table, but examples of enemies you can find or enemies you can fight or problems that exist. And you can extrapolate from that some kind of encounter table you can use. Now, again, I'm going to use that use that term a lot, extrapolate, because there, since there are no random encounter tables, you're going to have to make your own or 
you're going to have to buy the books. Again, this one is uh, Riffs, Index, and Adventures, Volume 1. We're going to go to page 88. And it gives you hook, line, and sinker. These are bare-bones adventure ideas. You have the adventure hook, you have the adventure meet, and then you have the adventure conclusion. And then you, as a game master, have to fill in all of the missing pieces to create an actual three to five session adventure great that sounds awesome right it is but again it's not an encounter table it's a resource that you can use to create your own encounter in tables but yeah you have to read you have read. to read oh my god heathen dog what do we do i don't want to do that i want an encounter table that i can use over and over and over and over again. Well, you can, but you're going to use a different resource. This resource is called money. <laughs> now, I'm going to show you what I mean because I have to share a different screen. This is, uh, I'm, I'm going to put this link in the description. And if Max remembers, he's going to put it in the Put it, put it in a private chat. In the comments. He's going to put the description. I'm putting the comments right now. This is a, uh, a riffs table index of things in books. And we go to type of encounter or, or type of, of thing we're looking for. And we scroll down. It's in alphabetical order now. And encounters. Coalition encounters, animal encounters. Game master's screen. I did that already. Then we have specific encounters. These are... Because Rifts has many, many source books, many, many world books and campaign books, they have encounter tables, but they're specifically for that adventure or for that area only. So if you want them, you have to buy the book that contains them. For example, uh, we have world book one vampire victim tables if you don't go to mexico you're probably not going to have to roll the vampire victim table because there aren't a whole lot of vampires in in uh in ohio there aren't a whole lot of vampires in nova scotia all right it just it's not it's not it's area specific then we have random encounters in dimensional triangles well there's only three of those on the planet one of them is the Bermuda Triangle, and you're not going to be able to roll that unless you're in the Bermuda Triangle, right? So, again, very, very specific. WB2 means World Book 2, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, random encounters in a de-shifting zone. Random encounters with intelligent beings in World Book 27. Encountering ghosts in the waste. That's hugely specific, only for that book. Uh, 51 Mad Haven encounter ideas. Again, specific. Now, why did Riffs go toward these specific or area encounters rather than general encounters? Well, I said it earlier. It's because Riffs has too much ingredients in the cook. It, it's too much in the pot. You can't use a generic encounter table for everywhere you could go in Riffs. It's not possible or it doesn't make any damn sense. There is no way you're going to have a coalition encounter in Africa. A coalition search and destroy team is not going to just magically appear in Well, no, I guess they could. It's not going to really appear in Africa as a, as a possible encounter unless it is specific to the adventure and your game master put it there, which means it's not random. 
you're not going to get stuff like that. It's not possible. It doesn't make sense. It's not feasible to make. So what Kevin did was he took those random encounters, shrank them down, encapsulated them in areas or storylines only to make sure they always made sense. They were always relevant and you didn't break any current mechanics. I feel like I'm seeing a great source book that could be made now. Compile all this together into a big source book of just encounters. Yeah. N- none of the other information with it. You need the world book to still run the encounter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. But this is, this is just a quick guide. You know, well, you have this right here. You have this resource that I put in chat. It's, it's a, it's a webpage and it shows you all the books. It shows you what the encounters are or, you know, what, what the, what the thing you're looking at and what page it's on. It's great. It is a great resource. I'm glad I did the research to find this because I didn't know this existed up until three days ago. This is great. I love it. So the bottom line, this random encounters doesn't work in rifts. 90% of the time doesn't work at all. Sure. Random coalitioning encounters in 75% of North America feasible. You can do that. Now, what if you play a coalition campaign? Well, back in 96, they didn't do that because they didn't realize coalitions were the heroes. So they didn't have coalition player characters, but that, so if you do that, that's out random animal tables, uh, unless you're hunting for food, I don't get the point of that at all. And the random rift table. Well, that's the only one that, uh, that, that you can use throughout the entire planet. That's the only one because rifts happen literally everywhere on rifts earth. So you can have a, a random riff encounter, but you don't want one every day. It's it's it ruins the uh, the novelty of you being at the right place at the wrong time when some supernatural evil being steps out of a riff that just randomly opened in front of you. You can't have that happen every day. So I get it. So random encounters don't work. You as the game master have to either spend money buy the book for your specific area encounters or make up your own and that's work i know some either either work or you spend money buy the book so when it comes to the work though i mean how how, how do you put together like what um first of all i mean there's a couple different ways to do it there's a sandbox way it's like you know what doesn't matter it says in the book that there are always 10 samus pilots that that circle an area so there's mm-hmm. gonna be 10 samus pilots a couple dog sure. boys blah blah that that's just well that's what the book says that's what i'm gonna, what I'm gonna do right. doesn't matter what the party is the other way is a little bit more or uh, organic i don't like things like uh challenge ratings or whatever the heck they call them now and like D, but i do like to make sure that the party if it's if it's an encounter of somewhere where they need to be or that they're intending to be, it's gotta be something that they can win somehow. Yeah. Um, again, we're not talking random encounters here. So how do you set up if you know, I mean, do you, do you take the party's composition in consideration? First of all, and secondly, uh, do you, when you set up an encounter, do you give them an out or is it like, no, we're going to have this fight and whatever the outcome of this fight is, is what the uh, okay. outcome is. Uh, I'll try and answer that in, in order. Uh, if, if, if you are creating a random encounter table, good on you, by the way, good job for your area to make it relevant again, good job. You need to make sure that you don't randomly just murder your players. 
That is that is awful, and they're going to hate you for it. But it's what the dice said. Well, yeah, but you didn't have to do it, right? That That's what the Game Master screen was for, right? <laughs> you roll it, and then... You're going to you know, get a like, lot of hate comments for that one. <laughs> a lot of hate comments for that, but hey, you already screwed up putting in an insta-kill option into your random roll table. You already screwed up. You should never have that. You should your your random encounter, the 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 way the book does it. Here, let me uh, let me move back. I'm gonna stop this screen and present the GM screen again, because the way the GM screen does it, as you can see, it doesn't give composition. Right, it just gives generally what they are a heavy mechanized recon squad what does that mean it means you're probably going to have one at least one uh tank or or uh, or large robot but it that should be what it means but the power level and composition of your party will make up what everything else is if you have a very strong party you know you're you're high you're high on fighters you got juicers you got you got men in arms, you got a board, you got a crazy, then you're going to make it a little tougher. You're going to have two robots. You're going to have two people in power armor, maybe, maybe a Samus, you know, stuff like that. And then, you know, support troops that will be, that will be a conflict worth fighting. And it's not completely overpowered, but if you have, you know, a, a, a sensitive psychic, a, a couple of rogue scholars and an, and a doc, well, then you're going to have you know, probably some kind of tank as the, as the heavy mechanized unit, and then a whole bunch of grunts all around it on bikes or, or, uh, or doom buggies or whatever to scout around or, or, or give support. That's what it's going to be. So yes, this is a random encounter, but you as the game master fill out the random encounter with enemies that are commensurate with the challenge level of your party. I have one right. more question before we get to chat then. Okay. Uh, in terms of, you've got an encounter idea in mind. Uh, how, however you plan it out, use how you plan it out. But will you have, for, for the sake of argument, players are being um, chased, whether they know it or not. I mean, it could be outside of their knowledge. Some dog boys sniff, there's magic that way. Yeah. Um, and now they're being, they're being chased. They're being put in a pincer. They're going after an enemy up here. The coalition's coming after them over here. How far or how much of that do you plan? And how much of that do you just wing? Like, ah, oh, you know what? I thought that fight was going to go a little easier for them. And now I'm going to have the dog boys hold back for whatever reason. Okay. Well, I would, it, it's an opportunity for the players to be really smart. For example, what, what you gave right there was, a dog pack recon squad okay. right now you are being you're being hunted by this by this dog pack you're being hunted they are following you but you are going to an objective over here you and and if you reach that and you haven't lost this dog pack you're going to be fighting on two fronts so what do you do well you lead the dog pack into into the fight that you are going to take cause confusion and disarray and then you you come in and uh, and come in from the side. You know, you 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 change tactics and lure your pursuers into a trap. You can but try from, to do that. But I'm, but I'm talking from the game mess perspective. How much of that do you orchestrate? We'll say up for. Do you plan for up front, or do you just kind of let whatever the PCs are doing dictate at that point? Like, okay, this is how I'm going to react to that. 
I mean, to okay, some degree, it, you have to do that. But I get it. I get it. If 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 I random rolled a, a an encounter with a dog pack, or or an, or an encounter with a, with a, a squad uh, with with a psy stalker, that's the random encounter. You were going to fight some other thing, but now you got to deal with this. You either deal with that first, or you deal with it at the same time as your objective, or you try and outmaneuver the the encounter to turn it to your advantage any of those ways is completely fine one of them will most likely get you killed that's fighting on two fronts but you got to deal with the random encounter first most likely you got to deal with it first okay i lied i had i do have one more if you don't it's probably going to bite you in the ass The, the big bad db okay how do you select which one so you know that the party is fourth level Sure. Fourth level, it's it's a mix. It, you know, got a couple of uh, you know, a couple of combat, but also a couple of you know, rogue scholars. Uh, you know, your scholarly types. What are they called in the game? I forget. Uh, non, we'll just say non-combatants. Uh, and, rat, rogue scholar, yeah, cyber doc, and, whatever. And a couple of what one psychic, one leyline, whatever. But so you have a little bit of combat, a little bit of magic, and a little bit. You know, nice, nice, diverse group. Sure. How how do you set up the big bad DB that's gonna that they need to fight? Like, how do you put that together? Like, how, how do I say this? If I'm a new person tr- trying to run this game and I don't know the real power levels of all these nasty monsters that are in here, how do I know if I should take one DB here or if I should take one DB here and 10 minions? Oh, okay, okay. This is this is more like a... Uh, this isn't a random encounter. This isn't an, an, an encounter from an adventure that you are... You are playing because yeah, not every encounter is going to be random, right? Exactly, but you're not sure how to stack it in the NPC's favor without getting too overpowered or without yeah. without being powerful enough. Yeah. I get it. Okay, so for example, if you have a diverse group, you have two two men at arm classes, two magic or sonic classes, and two support classes. All right, let's just go easy: two, two, and two. Well. First off, number of player characters, that's six. That means you're going to have a total if just this is now this isn't uh you know one size fits all, but this is a great place to start. Double the number of PCs and enemies. Okay. Now, one of them is going to be the big bad or lieutenant. Two or three of those is, is going to be a lieutenant, if it's big bad is the main encounter, or uh powerful thugs you know and the rest of them are going to be jabronis okay now one character can easily take a jabroni a man at arms character can easily take two or three jabronis even the cyber doc or the rogue scholar can hold their own against a jabroni and the jabroni is going to be the majority of your encounter so the the city rat and the cyber doc and the rogue scholar are not going to be overwhelmed Unless they do something ridiculous. Unless they do, unless something happens or they do something ridiculous. The men at arms guys are going to handle the lieutenant or the big bad. The the psionic and magic folk are going to handle the the thuggy guys. And then the the support classes can mostly handle the jabronis, the, the, you know, stormtrooper, basically. That is a good rule of thumb. 
I just now, want to make sure we, while, we covered all of our bases on the yeah, encounter yeah. After side. a while, you will you will get the hang of your of your player group's power level and ability, both uh, both on paper and with uh, you know tactics and thought and stuff like that. And you can adjust, add or subtract as desired. But remember, you always have to give unless it's the final confrontation. I mean, if it's the final confrontation, it's it's you make the shot or you don't. But every other time especially with random encounters. There's always a way out. Make sure they always have a way out. They may not see it. They may not use it, but make sure it's there. Right. And then you I, have, you have good encounters in, in all, in all my time. So again, I don't run risks, but like an after the bomb, my, my biggest issue was, uh, was I think that the party can take on, this target over here yeah it's got 600 sdc well okay riffs mdc you know it's got 600 mdc you know their rifles do this but they got these powers i i think they should be able to take that out and if i put like you said a couple of jabronis out there but i i have found myself that palladium can swing especially in riffs like i'll look at somebody like that's way too powerful for the party like i'll think like crap well we're going to fight against this is ridiculous and then i you know realize that well it all depends if the glitter boy can stay in the fight we win if the glitter boy's taken out of the fight, we lose. It's that simple sometimes. <laughs> like, like, uh, so making those encounters can be a pain in the butt. Again, for me, with after the bomb, I've got the Empire of Humanity in effectively robot suits. You know, for uh, for riffs, right? Uh, so one of those things can be pretty dang tough when you're talking. All I've got is a twelve gauge and uh, you know a nine millimeter. So it can be tough depending on what happens at the same time through good tactics, lucky rolls, or just miscalculation Proper on my use part. Of abilities, yeah, right there, the, or tact, yeah, or tactics like like you said can can easily turn the tide on a battle that either was iffy or you're probably going to lose. Yeah, yeah, and, and I've seen you guys. I, I can't remember if you're in that game or not, but it's just cleaned up on a fight. I was mad too because I was like, oh, this is going to be a tough one, and you guys walk right through. I'm like, how? Like the the enemy had like three times everything you guys had, and I got a singular mind here working the tactics. But when I laid it all out, uh, it's that stupid chicken first of all. Uh, but uh, the I forget the guy the guy's name brought in. I let him bring in a character from another group. But that between the chicken, between uh, some of the powers, good tactics, and then just what really sealed it was I couldn't roll for crap, and and they cleaned up. I really wanted to take out. I didn't care who it was, but I really wanted to put somebody on his last legs. Uh, yeah, you were there because that was the whole mom game. But yep. anyway, all right, let's um, let's uh, okay, now, look at now, chat. But before we go into chat, you can still throw stuff in chat now. But now I I want you to throw in some some examples that that you're a little iffy on or or how how to how to adjudicate things. As an example. There was there was one uh, commenter on a on a on a video a couple of weeks a week or so back that asked, well, what about radar? How do I handle radar in random encounters? Because a lot of these coalition troops have radar. How do you sneak up on someone with radar? And I'm like, you know what? That's a good question because modern radar, even now, modern radar is very good. I mean, we've all a lot of us have seen you know Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick fly under the radar that doesn't work anymore back in world war ii yeah that worked now doesn't work the radar floor is one inch now 
effectively. So there is no flying under the radar. So how do you sneak up on someone when you can see them up to 65 miles away? Because the curvature of the earth will stop at that point. But up to 65 miles away in clear weather and flat terrain, how do I sneak up on someone? Two things. One, radar requires height to be more effective. The higher it starts, the more effective it is. A radar on the ground is going to is is going to have a lot of trouble reading anything above the the average height of obstruction like forest or mountain range or waves or whatever. So anything walking on the ground is not going to be shown up on radar if it's based on the ground. Now you go higher, that's different. You you have you have a Samus that's that's flying patrol a thousand feet above with his radar on. Oh, he's going to see you coming from about 20 miles away, right? That's just the way it works. And two, magic distorts EM waves. This has said many times since the original Rift's book. That's why a modern communication is so is so much of a problem in Rift's because the ley lines screw up radio transmissions. You don't have anything beyond a range of like 10 miles. Maybe 15, 20 on the outside if you have a super powerful uh, uh, broadcast source. But the magic in the air is literally fouling up radio waves. Well, that does the same. It's EM, it's EM radiation. Radar is the same thing. So you no longer have the 65-mile distant in flat terrain because the curvature of the earth. I can see everything. I'm like, God. No, you can't reliably 10 miles out unreliably up to 20 miles out that's it and that's if you have height if you have the proper height that's all you can see there's also the distinguishing factor i mean what's the what's the difference between say a deer and a human uh, in radar right right if, if you're if you're doing a low to the ground stuff it gets it gets a little weird you're going to get a lot closer before they even detect you because because of all all the background stuff and then closer even still before they can even determine if you're an animal or a human or maybe they won't until they use their eyeballs that's entirely I mean, to be possible. fair if it's running 30 miles an hour it's not well no it's riffs if it's running 30 miles an hour it could be it a person. could be a deer it could be a cheetah <laughs> or it could be a juicer i don't know <laughs> don't know at all so in that in the radar is great for things that are flying towards you. If you are on the ground, radar is basically garbage. garbage. A lot of good, lot of good comments in chat. Violence holds everything on Rumble. All says radar does not see through mountains or solid objects, so use terrain cover. Yeah, that's why I said terrain. Yeah, it depends on the terrain floor. Uh, so yeah, bed covers used to count comments, and then and then we'll go off to the new comments about specific situations. Hey, craft put. Uh, did you participate in the session to say, did you show up? I think free league means it. Oh, oh yeah. No, that's not mine. I, yeah. That's you. No, these are, I oh, just I, I went to the start ones. Some. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Where, where do we start here then? Hang on. Let me, okay. let me go. <laughs> uh, no. There we go. It starts here. I see it. I'm going to start with this one. Boom. There we go. Kevin needs to compile all of the monsters and possibilities and release an encounter book broken up by region of the planet. I agree with that. Again, I but I just I just gave you the link. I'm going to give it to you again. I personally I'd like it in a book. Like, I would like it in a book too, but this is what we got. <laughs> I put that link in the description of the of oh, the excellent, video also. Excellent. 
Ron Hawkman says, I've never actually tried it, but one thing I want to do is make a physical deck of playing cards where you customize the random table by pulling out the cards that don't work for the scenario. Uh, D&D has a lot of that already. I have the old D&D cards, yeah. and they're broken down. I broke them down by experience points because that's usually mm. the how that, that makes dictate sense. how strong it is. But uh, they're little adventure... How do you? I wouldn't call them adventure cards. It's like an encounter card, but you can make the encounter bigger than just you attack two orcs. You know, you come across such and such that has this need. You can kill it. You can help it. You can, you know, whatever you want to do. Yeah. So there, there are things like that for other games. Right, but that that's the same vein. You either make your own encounter table or you buy the the region book, and it'll have the encounter table for that region. Uh, six demon okay. triangles. Six, six, uh, six. The uh, triangle, the d- dimensional, dimensional triangles. I'm sorry, I said three. My bad. And GM could repurpose some tables again. Work, yeah, work or money. That's your choice. Work or money. You either you either do the work, make your own table, or modify your table to work for your game, or you buy the book. You know, that's that's one of the things that's I think inherent in old school gaming as a whole, and Palladium is just—I mean, it's it's got a lot of old school uh, sensibilities. One of the things that that I'll say is, if you're a game master and you're just trying to just pop up every week, spend like a half hour to have your books ready to go, you're not a good game master. Game masters have work; you are required to do some work. And so, sure, random tables help. Knowing the rules help. Having, or I was going to use random encounters, but you know, having those those things available do help. But ultimately, you need to set up how the world is being built based on what the with again how sandboxy your game is or how railroady it is. You need to set up with the encounters. You need to prepare to have that uh, you know big rifted monstrosity in, or all those robots from Archie, or is it Archie the bad guy? Uh, whatever, uh, or or the coalition guy. You need to set that up. It shouldn't be some random table that does the random table. Should inspire you. Yes, sure, but you yeah, the, the need random, to put the effort in. The random table should be used before the adventure begins. Let, let me explain. If you're running a module type adventure or a setup adventure in, in one of the uh, source books or world books or whatever. You, you know, when all the travel points are, when they're traveling from city a to city B or when they're, when they're traveling back from dungeon a to city C, whatever, you know, when that's going to, you know, that's got to happen. Then you roll, you roll the, the random coalition encounter. Right. And as, as you can see, it doesn't give you, Ah, sorry. It, it it doesn't give you the composition of the squad or what's in the squad or, or how many there are, whatever. It doesn't give you that. But okay, this is going to be a random encounter. It's going to happen here. It's going to be a heavy mechanized search and destroy thing. That means it's going to have this, 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 and this in it. You're doing that before your players are actually there. So there is work involved. There's going to be work. Somebody did make a comment earlier that said that those are defined in one of the books, like the CS source book or something. Okay, great. But no, I, I, I'm full agreement on that. Like, there is no, and this isn't a knock on who's, who said the question. Yeah, uh, Kokushuko, it's not a knock on him. It's just something that I've been seeing out there. It's like, I need a resource to tell me how to do this. No, you're the game master, your job. Uh, look, when I ran our Earthon game, sometimes I was spending the entire week putting together not just the main encounter I wanted them to have, but trying to figure out what's going on around them as well, because the world is changing based on their actions. And I had to put two and two together. If Again, being a game master, 
It's easier to be a player than a game master. And what's cool about Palladium is Palladium gives players work to do also. Keep that dang character sheet up to date. Yes, it exactly. takes time. Yeah. You're going to be happy for it in the end, though. All um, of your bonuses, all of your all yep. of your detriments, you have to keep track of them. Yep. And you have to be right. So, yeah. Uh, all, right, all right, what else we got? Uh, sheer volume of options is why they can't really write mods since uh, no attempt at balance. I feel mods would just flop. Okay. I don't know, but what are you talking about mods? I think uh, modules. Oh, Maybe. modules! Right, right. Well, again, they are region specific. If you buy, if you buy a, a source book or a world book or whatever, it has a campaign in it, and inside that campaign are all of the roadmaps to the beginning and end of that campaign in that storyline, and it, and it gives you adventure ideas, hooks, and lines, and sinkers, and stuff like that. Like I said, inspiration. So, in, in, in inspiration to flesh it gives you the basic bare bones of the adventure it's your job to flesh it out mm -hmm. that's what it gives you so if you want that you have that again you got to spend money but in those books also are going to be region specific or campaign specific random encounter tables Flady also says yeah source book one covers CS squad makeup at least for the old basics okay oh there you go yeah so, and finally the last one that I have on here jabronis uh that that's from that's from the 80s I, I really uh, don't remember. I think it was wrestling where I got that from. I don't know. I don't know what it really comes from. I don't Fourth know. Fourth edition D&D calls them mooks. <laughs> yeah, mooks, whatever. You know, stuff like that. Just uh, rank and file stormtrooper fodder. Those are jabronis. The, the, those, those are people that flesh out your, your military squad. They're probably going to die, but it's, it's their job to absorb bullets for the lieutenant. That's basically it. Violence sells everything says kind of sort of doing that with the DBs of North America books. Okay. Uh, I, I, I like, see, I love creature books. Like what my favorite, some of my favorite books from second edition, AD and D the game I ran the most are those right there. Those are all my monsters compendiums. I love reading them. And I, and I like the way the second edition book put them together. I know some of the first edition people think that there's too much information, but I like having that ecology and so forth because then it helps me to fit them into the world more organically. And, you know, when it says you roll 300 orcs, and sorry, I'm using D&D, &D, but it's, I, I don't run riffs. I don't have the experience with it. Um, it says you come across 300 orcs. It isn't like within 50 feet, you're like, ah, 300 orcs. Because <laughs> you, no, you're, you're going to see them coming a long time. 300 orcs are number one. They're not quiet. Right. They're not invisible. Right. So you can see them and hear them from far away. Right. If you, you don't start hearing the them. You don't have to. Exactly. And 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 that's the point. It's fitting them in organically. And right. that's what's important. Now with riffs, I love the BCA books for the for riffs as well. But when I look at those things, they're like, oh, that thing's 36 feet tall, weighs a few tons, has five, you know, six hundred, eight thousand, whatever MDC. That's not something that's gonna be unnoticeable. It's gonna be like a Godzilla moment when you and you're the little Japanese guy down there. It's like, Rah! You know, you're like, so what do you do at this point? It's not like its foot is just about to come on you right now and you have to figure it out. Uh, although the dinosaurs apparently in the southeast, you know, in, in my area uh, might be a little different. But, but you get what I'm saying? Like, like, just figure out how to put those in organically. That's to me some of the best fun of being a game master is you know, I love rolling dice. Don't get me wrong. And I like the world building aspect to see how the world changes from what the players do. But detailing those encounters in an organic way something that i wasn't as good at in the 90s something that i'd spend much more time on now oh absolutely i, I love when it feels organic i'm like wow that was a pretty cool encounter and i'm thinking yeah i've been spending two weeks on that one and i'm glad you liked it well uh 
W here had a question. What are the Archies again? All right. Well, it's an acronym. Archie is an acronym, but I I couldn't tell you what it means right now. But it, they they are uh, prototype AI computers that that were meant to you know make the world a better place and all that stuff. One Archie three uh, is in Aberdeen, Maryland. There's another Archie Archie four on the moon. There's another one that was on Mars. These these were at the end of the golden age of humanity is when these these archies were developed and uh with the advent of magic at least archie three the one in aberdeen maryland became sentient magic made it be made it not just an artificial intelligence but an actual intelligence so more reason why magic is bad yeah more reason why magic is bad yeah uh i hit this one because i thought it was really good uh jamming and riffs at least an order of magnitude more involved than dming and D. there's only one reason for that but it's a really great i love the reason it's because Rifts isn't balanced. Yeah. You have big, big ass monsters, little tiny roaches or mooks or jabronis, whatever you want to call them. You have everything in between. You get to pick and choose what you want to have them fight. The entire smorgasbord is available at level one. One thing Sean yeah. talked about was it doesn't matter if you're level one or level 15. Yeah, your tax go up, your, your initiative goes up, whatever. I mean, you are definitely better at level 15, but you really come front loaded compared to other games. Oh, yes. Oh yes, very much. There is there is a power difference, but it's nowhere near as great as a first level wizard and a fifteenth level wizard. That is night and freaking day. But a first level juicer and a fifteenth level juicer, it's not night and day. It's significant, but it's not wow. Yeah, now, I, of course, I, the, the insanity of a level of a first level crazy and a 15th level is wow but well if the character's uh you know sane enough to still play uh yeah. but but no but that's something because you can throw in almost anything that your your heart can think of to a first level party versus a 15th level party yes there is a disparity but the disparity isn't like D D where it's like i can't even put them in here because the characters cannot touch it you're yeah, not going to have that nothing there's almost nothing like that in rips there's almost nothing like that. And no, I, I wasn't yelling at perfect tangent for that. No, I, 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 I do. I think as well that it is, is a good thing. Um, it takes a little bit of getting used to. So I was, I was uh, sitting in because I was trying to catch up for things for today. I was sitting in on Kethup stream and I was listening to him talk with one of, uh, uh, well, I will say okay. a game designer. And there is a, there's a lot of, uh, we'll just say disagreement in there because it seemed like not with him, but with his friend that, wants everything the like challenge ratings and and i'm not making things up but I'm, I'm simplifying this wants challenge ratings doesn't want the dm to roll dice because it should be the player's story wants, wants all these things like what do you do i've got so much to worry about with world building the world should be built as a, this is emergent yeah, is story before you start man yeah, well it is built <laughs> before you start but but it's emergent storytelling you're not predicting the outcome you have to wait for the outcome to occur which when we do more gen lab alpha, because if the characters lose, maybe they don't okay. die. That's a okay. whole different, whole different thing. Now ba back to this, the end of the, this is, this is the end of the video, the encounters, like I said, random encounters don't really work generically in riffs. There's too much in this sink. All right. It's too much. If you either have to make your own encounter table region specific by the, or by the book for your specific region, and you'll get some encounter tables or you can like i said 
make your own. That's how you do it. Now, if you have any specific encounters that you have questions on, go ahead and leave them in the comments below. I'm going to spend the next week or two checking this video every day or every other day, and I will try and answer to the best of my ability. My my idea or my my uh, solution to that particular problem. Will it work for you? I don't know, but it'll be it'll be my thing, and you can say you can blame me if it doesn't go right. Uh, that's it's fine. food for thought, if nothing else. Yeah. It's food for thought. There you go. So yeah, uh, go ahead, like, subscribe. That would be awesome if you did that, and then we will see you next time. Yeah, I, I get really irked when people are like, "It's too hard to run a Rifts game." Or, or a Palladium game. It's like, no, it is not. You just, you have a responsibility to put effort in. All right, let's uh, let's get ready for segment. You want to get the link out there for segment three? Yep. And I'll zoom in on this. Oh, I guess I'll put it out on. I won't be able to read chat anymore because everything's like 400 pixels high. Oh, no. Uh, where is it? And it is time for your comments, where we respond to your comments and let you guys call in to talk to us about what happened in segment one and segment two. So today for segment one, it was GenLab Alpha introduction and the generically about character creation. And in segment two, it was about Rifts encounters, how to handle encounters in your game. I know you guys should know, but hey. Check your audio and surroundings. Don't want to hear the craziness that's going on in your house or the air conditioner or whatever, you know, the, the, the police department or the gun shootout outside, you know, all that. Uh, one question or comment related to segment one or two will respond. You can have a follow-up and then you're out. And uh, we'll finish up. And then finally, watch the language. If I get us kicked off YouTube, that's my business. You get me kicked off YouTube. Well, then I'll have nothing to live for and I will hunt you down and, and murder you in my own head. That was go. a good save at the end there. <laughs> i'm too anybody, anybody knows me knows i'm too lazy for that uh, yeah whatever hey so, i've got two hundred sixty thousand miles and nowhere to use them so i'll go wherever <laughs> uh get that on the screen to share Oop. All right. oh it looks like we're starting off with a, i don't normally read old ones but you know what this has to do with shut up go away all right so about a shifter oh, I guess. segment three there it is that's right that's that's the that's the third part that's where the first 15 minutes of my rant against the against the oh. shifter <laughs> so wow that's long i don't know if i want to read all that. uh so okay i get it now i've been playing my shifter for like 10 plus years 10th level and I'm, that's you know what 10 years and 10 level i mean i don't know how often you play but i like that level of progression uh and i'm so used to people saying shifters are terrible i plan for the long run when making money has become very broken oh so much so i don't use my summons golem or mountain battle unless necessary to keep the game balance oh you nerf yourself okay uh, my backstory is that he was cast out of a family because he summoned his mount so he makes oh. it a point to not summon anything of evil alignment okay i know i play the character to a weird personal standard but he's That's trying fine. to make a better name for shifters everywhere Sure. Also, you forgot that the shifter has the power of necromancy as well, do they? Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. in then. <laughs> yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if if you wanna, if you purposely nerf yourself because of because of a cool background thing to 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 make the shifter less deadly to the to the party, good on you. You know that that's great, and that's probably why you survived in the party for ten years and haven't been booted. 
because you don't summon and they haven't turned and killed somebody. That's great. But uh, not everyone is going to have that, uh, that forethought and sense of self that you have. <laughs> They're just going to let it be broken. We we did zone travel last week. Yeah, this reminds me of travel in old Gamma World and not Gamma Trash one e and two. Okay, I I, I didn't. Oh, no. I played Gamma World once when I was younger. I forget which edition. I think it was second. But uh. <laughs> I just found a book today. Rifts Sonic Boom. Why I'm here? This is that a novel? I don't. I guess. I mean, it makes sense. I guess it'd be a Glitter Boy novel, huh? Yeah, it'd be you know Glitter Boy protagonist. I mean, he would call his life story Sonic Boom, to be fair. I mean, <laughs> why not, right? Ron Neobody uh, says, thanks for showing this game. Do you plan on also going over Blade, the Blade Runner RPG? I was going to respond to this. I didn't. I saw that you responded to it first, but uh, I wanted to do it on this video. Chances are high probability in the 90%. No. Reason is twofold. Number one, uh, I didn't back it. Uh, I'm... For us, one of the things I'm frustrated with Free League about is doing all these IP games like Oddworld and uh, Blade Runner and so forth. I don't don't generally get into IPs. I mean, there are a couple examples. I mean, everybody likes Star Wars, so you know. But I, but also Star Wars is so vast you can get away from the movies. I don't play games like Firefly or Battlestar Galactica or, or insert your favorite show slash IP here. I don't generally do that. Uh, and Blade Runner, I think Heathen Dog is like the only person I can say this around without getting, uh, you know, mocked incessantly. But Blade Runner is boring as hell. Mm. It, I, it's yeah, it's it's not my cup of tea either. I understand the appeal. I get it. It's just not for me. Yeah. So uh, uh, with that said, you know, as Heathen Dog will say, money talks <laughs> with enough. Uh, there you, you know, go. Yes. With, with enough impetus. I do have the one ring and I'm not covering that either, uh, mostly because it's not your zero engine. I'm really focused on the year zero engine side. And I ran out of time to cover Twilight 2000, which uses the new version of the year zero engine. But long story short, chances are no, but I can be convinced. So uh, this is an old one. I mean, it sounds like Gravitons or Hig bosons. Sure. I don't remember what they are anymore. Well, no, I, th I think that was the the uh, the uh, gravity based FTL. Okay, I have to LOL this. It's a dad joke, but I'm still LOLing it. Okay, um, this is more riffs. I don't know why I'm reading stuff that wasn't just last week, but you know, it's this riffs. We'll say it's on topic. The mighty glue stick is AJ Pickett. His back catalog and D and D stuff is huge. It's a great job. What is this about? I have no idea. Occupational character classes. Teresa's are checking out Total Party Skills. Yeah, Total Party Skills doesn't like us. Um, Y'all are very engaging. The atmosphere of your channel just reminds me of playing riffs back in the day. Well, <laughs> I'm glad that's, that. That's a good compliment. I like Thank that. Thank you. All right, okay. I have no issues with TPS, but he has issues with us. Bounty Hunter would give you a ton of threads to pull on as a GM. This was New West. If you remember, I hated New West. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hated it. I hated New West. It was, it, uh, in, in my opinion, it's, it's, the worst, it's the worst region in riffs. For those who care why, for me, it's because it takes the tropes to the nth level where it becomes clown shoes. No, for me, it's just that it, uh, compared to all the other North America places, it's just OP and and basically ridiculous is like like what he said, the ridiculous level stuff. Oh, Crafting Gamer. Hey, he's in chat right now. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm pretty unusual player. I don't read stuff the player's not supposed to read. Okay. See, that's I what I was talking about. Yeah, I got a I got a I got a bunch of people there saying, Oh, I don't do that. And I'm like, well, thank you, Mr. Five Percent. You know, I you're, mean you're... I try okay. to stay away from it as well. I stress the word try, but 
But as I'm flipping through a book, or sometimes just something will interest me. I'll be like, ooh, I was like, oh, wait, I wasn't supposed to read that. So I just prefer that it's not in the book. I will admit that I am one of those people that does try not to read what I'm not supposed to. But if it's all in front of me, enticing me, it's like that Futurama episode of Leela in the box. Okay, you know, I'm going to flip a coin and either I'm going to go in the box or I'm not and find the other universe. Yeah. yeah. But I uh, completely agree. Why would I as a player read a section? Okay, maybe I'm butthurt. But I have a module, a second edition Dungeons and Dragons module called Child's Play. Some of you have heard this story before. Real quickly, it was ruined because one of the players went out, bought the module and said, oh, that's a polymorph gold dragon. And like, what? How did you pull that out of your butt? Yeah, see, no, I, I was actually kicked out of a game. Because uh, we got halfway through the adventure and I'm like, this is a really good adventure. I'm going to want to run this one day. So I went and bought it left it in the plastic didn't open it obviously didn't open it someone saw it some someone in the game game group saw it in my room and they're like oh he's cheating i was like no it's in the plastic you could have resealed it what why would i go through all that trouble i don't understand so i was kicked out of it because of that i didn't open it it was still in the cellophane still sealed but yeah just because i had it whatever I was upset about that. Yeah. Oops. Wow. I apparently can't spell divulging. Jesus. Uh, okay. Uh, where are we now? Friday Night Chill Stream. Probably don't want to read any of that stuff. <laughs> Friday Night Chill Stream gets weird. The arc. The concept of the arc is missing from many post-apocalyptic games. I agree with that. I think that it's hinted at, but I don't think that it's incorporated into a game properly. Earthdawn is yet another, is a perfect example of that. Cares, That's tech. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were cares, but did it ever encourage you to build one? No, because you you started afterward after they're not useful anymore. Yeah, uh, but I mean, did it did it encourage you oh. to come up with a home base, so to speak? Not especially, no. Yeah. And so we have more often. Yeah, let, let let me finish this one comment, and then okay. oh, then we'll bring them in. Uh, in many games, even games that. Uh, do have community mechanic the players or gm want the pc to be wanderers of the waste okay yeah that's true i get that even though that would be really tiring um mutant mutant um mutant crawl classics has you at a home but doesn't really have you do anything with it no. and uh, i want uh, i want to have a safe space to escape the wilderness and that is what the concept of the arc is yes i agree i absolutely yeah. agree that's good yeah yep all right let's bring in more hawkman mm -hmm. hello more hawkman what do you got Hello. He's muted. He's muted. You are muted. Got the little microphone with the line through it. it. Says you can't unmute your guest. Their mic is not connected. All right. Well, we will we'll we'll keep going for oh no, he's gone. All right, we'll keep going then. Yeah, coming back when you're working. Sorry, sorry, uh, Um nobody who grew up in the ark will ever want to depose the elder because he remains the leader out of reverence. This is true. Yep. He's the only parent the PCs have ever known. He taught all the PCs how to survive in this world. He is the wise soul of PC society. I think that was a comment kind of towards you and, and some yeah, of the stuff that, that you're saying. Me but, because, you know, I was being a dick and the, 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 my, but the character funny. concept I created was antagonist on purpose because I thought it'd be funny. Yeah, and that's fair. And yeah. yes, I was making sure to correct those just, yeah. just so people knew that there was another side to that. But I wasn't angry at Heathen Dog at all. And, you know, again, there's always... Okay, go ahead. Mar Hawkman's back. Here we go. Mar Hawkman. Uh, so, um, yeah. how much would you guys recommend actually using random encounter tables for games like that? Okay, in rifts, uh, I would I would not recommend using them at all, except 
for uh, rift encounters. And <laughs> if you are in northern North America, coalition encounters. Everything else is too regionally specific. But what about just for inspiration? Work. Like, and, like, well, I, yeah, and you know, you can get inspiration for that. that that's why I put in the uh, the game masters book and adventures book one and two. They give lots of insp inspiration uh, for for whole adventures, but these are these are all bare bones type thing. You can use them as in inspiration for encounters. You know, when when they're traveling through the wilderness from point A to point B, they will run across a a wild pack of of uh, dog boys or or side stalkers or a, uh, a necromancer or whatever you know they that they definitely could and you you cherry pick that from the hook line and sinker adventure ideas from the adventure book that's easy enough but trying to make a a random encounter that works everywhere is impossible so you're gonna have to do the work or or, or buy the book Oh, I guess there's also the element of uh, some enemies are just harder for certain parties to fight than others. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, there's a reason why the, the coalition random encounter table didn't give you disposition. It just gave titles because you you fill out the disposition to to make it a challenge for the party, but not an overwhelming thing where no, they really don't have a lot of chance to win, you know. And and if 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 you randomly rolled the their composition as well, you could just it would be be just a kill button for the party. Just you press that button and the party dies. Mm. So you have to yeah you you can't have that be random. In any random encounter, you cannot randomly randomly choose the power level of the encounter. That's a no no. There's oh, too yeah. too many ways that could go sideways. Oh yeah, definitely. Because like yeah, you're you're doing the equivalent of fighting level twenty enemies with level five characters. Exactly. That's that. that's that's ridiculous. But I randomly rolled it. Yeah. Well, I I, I can randomly hit you with a book too. That doesn't make it right. Well, you know? I mean, what well, what I was getting at though is like um, like if you're just like basic fighters in D and D, uh, running into an enemy that can immobilize you, going to suck. <laughs> Yeah, it is going to suck. I mean, that's why in your party, the answer to that is a little bit more diversity. Yeah. It's not as bad as Shadowrun. Whereas in Shadowrun, <laughs> if you don't have magic in your party, you lose. Yep. But in Rifts, it's almost that bad. If you don't have magic or psionics in your party, there is going to be an obstacle that happens in Rifts since it is a high magic environment that you just cannot cross. You cannot win. You cannot surpass this obstacle because you do not have the tools in your toolbox to do so. So it encourages a slightly larger party and definitely a more diverse OCC list to round out your party to make it more swiss army knife but than if, if, if it's if it's just an obstacle and not a um tpk then you you're like oh well we weren't able to uh, uh break the door down we'll have to go do something else go now. around like i said yeah uh like i said before you always have one thing in every single random encounter or every single encounter except for the final boss a way out a way right. to where you don't have to do this. If it's breaking down a door, dude, find a window, right? I mean, <laughs> that's basically it. But if it's if it's like three thousand orcs that that are that are walking directly where you're going to be, you can see and hear them from miles out. You just don't be there. Mm. Go around them if you want to. 
That's how you avoid it. If like, you like, walk into if you walk into that orc army, you're going to fight them because they're going to want to fight you. But you didn't have to walk into them. Well, well there's uh, uh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> like there's been too much back and forth here. Oh, sorry. Hey, it's, it's a radio call in, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then. Thank you, Mar Hawkman. All right. See you later. Right. Have a good one. All right. So patriotic salt for ten dollars. Woo-hoo. says nothing but he said you know what he gives us ten dollars so thank you very much i appreciate that hey that's a that's a real loud nothing he said right there he said that, that's loud. effectively a thank you right yes so there we go and chill gamer comes what's heathen dog wrong about today right now nothing hmm. today i had i had the the normal day i'm 100 right <laughs> Uh, so E. Smith says, uh, here's, here's how every Norwegian horror setting starts. You wake up in Norway, and it's winter. The perfect tangent says, more like, you wake up in Norway, and it's Denmark. <laughs> we, we, have a, we have a guy on our Discord server who, for whatever, he's from Denmark, but man, he hates the Swedes. And it's weird because, you know, I've lived in Japan, and of course, the Japanese think they're the best, the Koreans think they're the best, the Chinese sure. think they're the best. I've lived in the Middle East, the Kuwaitis think they're the best, the Iraqis think they're the best, the, you know, and... I guess the same for Scandinavia as well. The Danish think they're the best. The Swedes, think, you know, but they're all second to Germans. So who cares? <laughs> That's been proven a couple of times. <laughs> uh, oops. Oh, God. I got to scroll all the way back. Uh, I, I am Norwegian also. So, you know. Uh, all right. Uh, this is a riffs thing. So I wouldn't talk too much smack about the editor. Pretty sure main editor is missing. No, it's uh, Walt, wait, what's his name? Wayne. I think the main editor is Wayne, if I remember correctly. Legacy game. Oh yeah, he he met, he was actually on the Friday Night Chill stream. He's like, yeah. you know, it was uh, he's like, yeah, you, I've been covering Vason. You guys did. I'm like, oops. I just chose Vason because yeah. it was it was one of the ones that uh, that Max had that he had no plans for. So yeah. I just chose it. No, yeah, and he was fucking right. Yeah, I, I did apologize to him, but at the same time, it's like, it's like, look, yeah, I mean, that was just one of those things. I gave him a list of games. That's what he picked. It's just coincidental. It's also a free league game as well. So, um, uh, Scotch, I was going to say Ireland would be a great setting for this. Nice to see that's expansion. Yes, yep, it is. Ireland I think I should. Great Britain, yeah. Oof. Uh, Winter Hamilton loves Kevin. So there you go. Awesome. Um, I don't know why I'm hearting that one, but uh, that's Mage. That's Wizards. I think that's stuff from previous stuff. So I think that's it. Yeah. So one last chat, uh, one last opportunity. If you want to put the link out one more time for folks to call in, I'll hit that super chat. I don't have to put that on the screen. And Chill Gamer says, well, even a broken clock is right once <laughs> a day. <laughs> Wait, once a day? Wow. Uh, twice a day, baby. Twice you know, a day. He's a 24-hour clock. So oh, well, uh, that's different. Yeah, yeah. then only once. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for the $10. Do appreciate that. And we'll give a moment for anybody. Last call for alcohol on that. Otherwise, we're heading out. We're going to be out of here. Uh, today was all right. Uh, again, questions, comments, concerns, whatever, when the videos pop out. So Heathen Logs video, I think, because uh, there are three segments today, or three sections, however you want to call it, uh, we'll probably post on Wednesday, because mine will be Monday and Friday, his will be Wednesday. So if you want to re-look at that wrist video or post your questions, you're not on our Discord, uh, go ahead and come on by and uh, put a comment there. I appreciate it, Chill Gamer. You have a good one as well. Uh, any final comments you want to say just to give people time to possibly call in before we do our words of wisdom and head out? Yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still butthurt about the seer thing. You were, I, I, I thought, I thought, oh, it's another, it's another slow thing. <laughs> it's another slow thing. This is, this is garbage. And then I saw it. I saw at first I saw him like the player decides what, and then I saw the parenthetical. It's like, no, get my shirt. <laughs> like, no, this is not right. 
<laughs> uh, you're right. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. That. Yep. That's right. Yeah, so my str- I, I always struggle with things like clairvoyance because I have to shoehorn it in and make it happen. And anything I've already done enough work. So anything that adds more work onto me or takes well, me away from what I already had kind of envisioned as things go forward yeah, annoys yeah. me. It's not that I can't do it. It just annoys well, me. I understand. But in, in riffs, clairvoyance and clairaudience is not the future. It's seeing things or hearing things that are happening right now. That's fine. That's sure. fine. But there is another power in there that is see the future. But it gives snippets and it's the, the the game master decides the details. Oh, well, that's yeah. Yeah, I, I'm thinking things like auger, auger. You know, things that allow you to say this is what's going to happen. Like, no, right. you don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. We yeah. haven't rolled yeah. dice yet. You know. Yeah. Usually, usually games put in a caveat in there saying this is only a possible future or the most likely future based on actions that were taken already. But future actions can change future results. Mm-hmm. As long as you understand that, that's fine. No, D&D was a tool to help players meet back up with the story. I agree with that, except for players always wanted to try to change it to the upper hand. And I get it. I, I get that. That's that's your objective. You want to win, right? Spell. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, but and this goes back to did I say it last week or the week before? Well, my, my biggest complaint about players in any game, whether I'm a player or a game master, is every player will rationalize to himself that uh, what he's saying is perfect logic. And when you try to say no, doesn't matter. No, I've covered this base. I've covered that base. I covered the other bases. And it's like, A, the dice disagree with you. And B, not everything in this world is logical. Because believe me, if it was, we wouldn't be living in the world that we live in right now. Not everything is logical, no matter how good of a speaker or idea you have in your brain happens to be. So, and then they get they get pissy. Why do you have the ability? Why, why is this happening? You know, that's why I like to avoid just generally avoid things like that if I can. But yeah, I mean, I it, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, uh, you're, you're trying to convince someone to take a drink of water. The only problem is, you know, that that person is an always Trumper and you are a never Trumper. Just those two alone means even if everything you say is perfectly logical, they're literally going to die. If they don't drink that water, they still might not just because of who you are and who they are. That can happen. Yep. And and uh, the last thing I'll leave you with, I was telling, regaling somebody with one of my old stories. It actually happened before I met Heathen Dog when I was in the Air Force. It was what actually transitioned me to be an effective adult in the Air Force. Before that, I had to kick myself out. And it was because I was having an argument with my supervisor. I literally was calling him a kiss ass. I probably was heading for some paperwork, maybe even, you know, because at least, yeah, because yeah, I, I was really pissed off because it didn't make sense. The quick version story goes like this. We needed to do some artwork. I wasn't going to be in the office because I was going to be deployed to a test because I was in Korea. There's a war going on, blah, blah, blah. Yes, it's still technically a war. It's, yeah, uh, there's been a ceasefire, but but not an not end of hostilities. My supervisor was also going to be out. out so we do that 12 hours a day. The other 12 hours, you're off shift or in tra- Okay, we'll get him in a second, and then that'll be our last thing. Um, and, and so I'm like, dude, just tell them we're not going to be here. We've got these people, and mostly this chief. He's like, oh, I was like, this is ridiculous. You're not telling them you're a kiss ass. That chief came in that day, totally coincidental, came in with a couple other chiefs. 
because uh, I was doing certificates and he came in and after I was talking certificates with this one chief, my supervisor comes up behind me and stuck his neck out for me. I have I res- all the respect in the world for this. And this this was the incident that started turning me into an adult for the Air Force. He looks at the chief and he says, hey, chief, uh, just one more time. I want to remind you that my airman here isn't going to be here and uh, I'm going to be tasked out. So there isn't going to be anybody in the office to do what you want done. He looked at that table. He pounded on the table. Said, 26 goddamn hours in the day. You find the other two. My supervisor grabbed me by the back of my shirt and kind of pulled me back because I think he knew I was about to jump that counter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when when someone says some obviously stupid shit like that, sometimes hands fly. You know. And, and, and here's the thing: it doesn't matter how much you rationalize and how much you think you're in the right. There are going to be people or or situations that are unreasonable that don't fit your mold. Don't argue with me. Suck it up, Buttercup. Now let's get this chat, and then we'll head on out. Okay. Bring in Perfect Tangent. Hey, what's going on, Perfect Tangent? Can you guys hear me? Uh, oh, loud yeah. and clear. Yeah. Um, my biggest stumbling block with riffs was, you know, I kind of want to incorporate not everything that's in the game, but the opportunity for the players to, you know, travel and see Rift's sure. Earth. And yeah. I thought that the uh, core book and triacs were great because they established that link between the coalition and the ngr and it created that path that the players could potentially travel but the biggest i guess issue that i had was (laughs) tackling the power creep of rifts (laughs) yeah while at the same time trying to plan potential encounters and I, i recognize the whole region specific context like i get that you know i'm not going to have gargoyles and broadkill rampaging across north america but the players kind of get butt hurt when they see the triax is equipment versus the shit they came there from north america with and it's just it Mm -hmm. i I always had to just kind of essentially what i ended up having to do was i i created a master list in excel uh to try and normalize (laughs) <laughs> body armor and and uh small arms so okay, you did the work was, as he and doug said yeah, you did the you work did the work yeah now now uh two things i gotta say about that one kevin and i have a yeah. complete <laughs> disagreement about this he is under the the starry-eyed belief that that uh you you, you can you can take characters from from Rifts North America and moving to Rifts Japan or Rifts Germany or oh, Rifts God, Africa no. or Rifts South America and everything will be fine. That's pie in the sky bullshit. Yeah. All right. It's not. It is definitely not. The way I think it should be done is if you have a campaign in North America, you stay in North America. Your next Rifts campaign will that can start in south america in africa in europe in japan and they can experience it with different characters native to that area that way power creep doesn't matter everyone's always on the same page but the way you did it was you move them over and you what you you change the values of their armor and weapons to Uh, weight well, in that particular case, no. Eventually, they acquire acquired the gear. triax gear. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. How I would do you do let it. them come back with the triax well, gear? See, that's the thing because power creep kept up with the settings. So by the time they go back to North America, it's already the timeline has advanced. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're yeah. you're moving it along with yeah, the, okay. That makes well, sense. Your timeline as well. Okay. Yeah. okay. So then that's fair. 
yeah, yeah that, that, was, fair. that was kind of my thing about the books is like it would have almost been better, obviously, if he'd have had a plan from the beginning, which he didn't. But well, it's it would have almost years. You can't have I, a plan. I know. Before I know. Years. I'm not I'm not yeah. knocking him. I love books. Yeah. Uh, it would have almost been better if even after the fact he came in and said, hey, look, uh, here are some rough level guides like don't go to this region until you're this level don't go to this place until you have such and such equivalency of equipment you know just just a, a, a the, good... the problem is is what you're saying actually goes into the disagreement that I, and i'm on heathen dog side with this one generally is that kevin doesn't see it that way kevin's like no you can throw it all together who cares it'll all it'll all work out yeah, that, that's his philosophy <laughs> yeah so he will never ever do what 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 we are what you and I and 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 Max is saying. He will never ever do that because his his overall thought process is that everything in riffs works together all the time. And I know that's bullshit. He won't see that's bullshit. You can't convince him that it's bullshit. So this is where we are. We live in this box now. That's very Todd Howardly aspirational. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. All right, but, perfect uh, tangent. Appreciate perfect you tangent. popping in. Yep. Thank you. You have a good one. That's good. I like seeing new people come in there, especially yeah, nice. when they're uh, clear, clear questions. So, of course, I, I like that. That's a good comment. Um, all right. But I think, you know what? On that high note, when Kevin watches this and yells at us later, it'll be OK. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, no, on that high note, I, I think we uh, we end. If you've got some words of wisdom, I no, will. Uh, the words uh, of wisdom was was perfect tangent coming on here about the whole, you know. Fair enough. The, at, at, that's that's why you do not judge the uh, the creator. You only judge the content. You know, I I love, you know, some Michael Jackson songs. He may have diddled kids. I don't care. I love the songs. <laughs> Not the man. Well, Remember we just that. got demonetized. <laughs> 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 All right, we good? Okay. Uh, the only thing, the only thing I want to say, I had something I wanted to say, but after Heath and I said, I'm serious, I forgot what it was. After the diddling? So Yep. After the diddling. So uh, with that, I do want to thank every one of you for being here. We really do appreciate that. Uh, good commentary out there and uh, hope to see you next week. And yeah, we'll talk. I'm trying to find the, the outro now. There we go. Found the outro. So we'll see you next week. Y'all have a great week. Talk to you later.